Live from the KOCI studios in Costa Mesa, California, it's time for Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and former Pac-12 tight end Howard Kroom. From the shotgun, boy foul, time to throw. Completed pass over the middle to his big tight end. That's Howard Kroom, first down Oregon State. Sports Sunday is made possible by Hotline Roofing, Century Industries, and the Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association. Welcome into Sports Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Babona, joined by Annie O'Donnell, as always. Annie, how are you doing? It's a great Sunday for sports. I'm glad you can make it down from San Diego, or up from San Diego, rather. <laughs> doing well, Chris. Happy Sunday to you. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to talk about today. Excited to get it going. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, this weekend we had Hall of Fame weekend for NBA. Kobe Bryant, local from OC, inducted yesterday. And then Dodgers are rolling. They're back on top. We'll talk about that, too. So... Yeah, like you said, lots to talk about. I'm excited for today. We're doing a little little fun game. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you guys up to date with our little rundown here. And let's just get started with that. I'll preface what we do. So as we always do, we'll do the big three at three in a little bit. And then after that, 315, we're going to talk NF- NBA Hall of Fame induc- induction. And then... Last day of NBA regular season, we're going to break down just this year. We're going to talk about the biggest stories we liked, what to follow going forward. The playing games are all but said. I believe the Warriors are playing as we speak. They're blowing out the Grizzlies. So that's going to that's gonna shift the playoff bracket a little bit. We'll talk about that at 3.30, 3.45. We're going to talk about what championship in professional sports is the hardest to win That'll be a nice segment. I know you as a hockey fan, I could kind of guess what you're gonna what you're gonna argue for, but we'll see. We'll I see. <laughs> I got I got some of my own. So we'll have that at 3:45, 4 o'clock. The spice rack, a sports Sunday staple. We're gonna bring a spicy take to the table. 4:15 is when we're gonna do our little game I talked about earlier. We're gonna build an MLB team starting nine out of former. U.S. presidents, super random, Annie. I know you kind of threw it my direction talking about Marvel guys. They you build like a football squad or whatever. We're gonna do a baseball team out of U.S. presidents. It'll be fun. I think we'll keep it loose, crack some jokes, and just bring a fact or two about each guy we choose for each spot. So I think it should be pretty entertaining. Don't miss that at 4:15. After that, stock up, stock down, and then we'll end the show at five o'clock. Full show today for you guys. So. Without further ado, let's get into the big three at three here. Number three. So coming in at number three, the Oakland Athletics were urged by the MLB to explore relocation options. Las Vegas is the front runner, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. The A's have been in Oakland since 1968 and have won four World Series in their current home. I just... I don't know a world where the A's aren't in Oakland, right? And so where are they going to go? They think Vegas, but I i mean, I've seen stuff where they're building a stadium over in Portland, Oregon, and so that's going to be a nice domed one, kind of park-themed. That's kind of in the early stages, and then I think other stuff, we were talking any down south, maybe a Charlotte, um, New Orleans, like where do you think the A's could possibly land? 
I, I mean, first of all, I hope they stay in Oakland. It was just unfortunate. It's been unfortunate to see. First, you got uh, the Warriors that are mo- that have moved uh, down to that beautiful, apparently beautiful arena, at Chase Center in San Francisco, <laughs> and then of course the Raiders moving to Las Vegas for a fan base uh, that's as passionate as Oakland fans are. I would hate to see them lose another team. However, if they can't make it work, if they, you know, and I understand Major League Baseball wanting them to play in a in a facility that's up to the standards that we are in 2021 sports. Mm-hmm. If they can't do it, I, I love the idea of the South. I do. You know, college baseball is really big down there. I mean, LSU constantly pumps out mm-hmm. you know, great talent out of there. Vanderbilt's got a great program. Of course. You look at Bama, all these Louisville. guys. Ole Miss, Ole Miss yeah. guys got great program down there. And you think they would love to have a Major League Baseball team in any of those cities down there. I think the logical one would be Nashville. You know, super easy to get, super easy for a lot of those states to get mm-hmm. to, not too far of a drive. But also Nashville, I mean, you've got the Titans that they love. you got the Predators, which th- that town has fully embraced hockey yeah. as one of their, their sports. Their sports culture is amazing over there. It is. And like it, Center of America. It would be a great spot. And it's such an SEC town, too. Like mm-hmm. during college football weekends, I mean, Broadway is mm-hmm. packed. And you got to think for baseball in the summer in Nashville, it would be perfect. So I'm pulling for Nashville. Like we, I mean, we also mentioned New Orleans, possibly Birmingham, Alabama. Like, and like you said, North Carolina, I think would be a great spot. But it's hard to believe that really, if you exclude Florida, because I kind of exclude Florida when I talk <laughs> about the South, it's yeah. hard to believe they just have the Braves. Yeah. I mean, or Florida, you mean Atlanta? Atlanta it's, well, or, I meant the South. Oh, South, yeah, got you. South. Got, they, yeah, just, yeah. they really just have the not, Atlanta yeah, Braves. Yeah, not too much going there for in the MLB. And I think I'm more excited about maybe a rebranding because if you move out of Oakland, you got to go from the the green and yellow. Maybe you got to change your name too. I know they've been rocking the athletics since like the early 1900s, but... I can't imagine Major League Baseball without the A's. Like that, yeah. that jersey. I mean, the whole story of Moneyball, mm-hmm. the people that have worn that jersey. I can't imagine... I don't want to imagine it going away. Yeah. So I really do hope something comes to fruition in Oakland. They make it work. But if not, there's other markets in the country mm-hmm. that would love to have a team. Absolutely. So we'll get back to you on that one. I think that's going to be a story that... Kit carries on as the season goes on for baseball. Let's go to number two on the big three at three. Number two. Number two, I got some audio to play for you guys. This is Sabrina Ionesco hitting a game winner here. All inbounds, Kylie shows four seconds left. Ionesco, a long three for the win. Sabrina Unesco, former number one overall pick, game winner in the season opener versus the Indiana Fever. It was her first game back since suffering a grade three ankle sprain last year. And so this win was part of a 10-game interseason tournament called the Commissioner's Cup, where the winning team will split over a half a million dollars for the, their roster. And so you have this, this talent here. We, we all know Sabrina, huge out of Oregon, very big talent. And so, but more importantly, and what I really want to talk about is this this interseason tournament here. So, they play kind of ten games, and it counts toward this tournament. They'll play in a couple months, and oh, for half a million dollars, which I think for their standards is a lot. We'd love to see more, right. obviously, and I think they do a lot of extra stuff with social justice as well. But the interseason tournament, I really like that idea, and I want to see that explored. I think baseball, like, we see the World Baseball Classic, but it's, it's really an exhibition. We don't get our best talent out there. Would you, what, what ways would you see an interseason tournament be 
installed in some of our professional sports. I like the idea of it. And honestly, it kind of brings a lot of sports back to the roots of playing, you know, little league t-ball when you would go away for tournaments during the season before the playoffs happened or, you know, even in college sports where you have those special events, you know, at a neutral site where, you know, teams that normally don't face off against each other do. You know, with the NHL, I think about the Winter Classic where it's the outdoor game and kind of brings hockey back to its roots where guys, people in war in colder climates, of course, were skating on ponds in their backyard. <laughs> so I love the idea of it, especially kind of in this time where a lot of, you know, with COVID, a lot of teams have seen a lot of their division rivals, like in baseball and hockey. So I would, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of maybe getting teams that don't see each other maybe one or two times during the year and you know mm-hmm. maybe even less i mean there was a period of time where the dodgers and yankees didn't play each other played each other what every other year yeah i don't even think they play the yankees this year if I'm no it's like every every three years because they do each division on the opposite league like they'll right. go west center east so it's really like only every three years they'll play the yankees but i like that idea i think now that baseball for now like a couple decades has been playing interleague play you could have an interleague tournament where you kind right. of play the AL and the NL and then maybe the whoever has the best record gets like a signing bonus, whatever. Right. I like that. I like the incentivization right. of the sports. I think it it motivates people, honestly. Yeah, it's not like the all-star game where, you know, the all-star game that used to have, you know, mm-hmm. meaning for baseball. But like they had tried to have the Field of Dreams game, you know, out in... I've, was it Iowa? Yeah, yeah it's Iowa, in nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, something cool like that. Something that, you know, a, mm-hmm. a movie and a story a lot of fans hold very close to their heart. I know mm-hmm. actually one city that we were talking about potentially for the A's to move to would be Salt Lake City. And that's a city, uh, you know, Utah, that's where the Sandlot was shot. So yeah. some kind of cool, I had no clue. That, that it's was, like seems kind of random because it's like so suburban. I just, that's not what comes to my mind, Salt Lake City. But Yeah, but you think about it too. And you kind of like... You look at the Sandlot, the movie, and you kind of see those. It reminds me a lot of, like, California, those streets. And just, you know, Benny the Jet's always in a Dodgers hat and ends Mm -hmm. up, of course, playing for the Dodgers at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert for those of you that have not seen the Sandlot. (laughs) I don't know where you've been hiding. (laughs) But I think, you know, the Sandlot is something that, you know, every baseball fan holds so Mm -hmm. close to their heart. And everybody's seen it at some point. I feel like something (laughs) like that would be really cool to do. Just make it, give it that extra little nostalgia in there that, sports fans we all love i completely agree the league's going the extra mile making us fans happy can't deny that let's go to number one on the big three at three number one some news from earlier in the week tim tebow signed or is going to be signed as a tight end for the jacksonville jaguars urban meyer has not officially signed the former qb and mets outfielder but suggests that an official acquisition will be coming soon what any what is going on i don't know if i should take this seriously people are going crazy former players and active players for that matter are pretty pissed off honestly that tim tebow guy what drafted 25th overall back in ugh 2012 13 to the broncos and like he obviously only lasted about three years in the league played minor league ball for the mets and now he's he's somehow on a professional roster as a tight end out of nowhere I don't know what to think, Annie, to be honest. It's, I think it's earlier than that because his that big playoff game against the Steelers where he had that throw that eliminated the Steelers and mm-hmm. moved the Broncos on through the playoffs, I think that was 2012. Okay. So it was even earlier than that since he's played. And, of course, after he wanted to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, he was unwilling to look at other positions, even though coaches really tried. Because he's an athletic mm-hmm. guy. What would you say, 6'4"? He's 6'3", 
255. Big dude. Huge. You know, very athletic. Obviously, other teams took a chance on him, signing him as a backup where he was with the Jets, the Patriots, the Eagles for a hot second. Really? I I know. Yeah, I know the Jets for sure. The Patriots, I know, because there was all the jokes about him getting Tom Brady's, (laughs) picking up his kids from school, getting him a coffee, picking up his dry cleaning. But I, listen, Tim Tebow, you know, heart of gold, this dude. It's hard to, like, hear him talk and you, you... He's not a bad guy. So to hear this, it's kind of disheartening to see him get so much hate. But I, part of me, I understand because NFL careers, I mean, the average NFL career is around three years at this point. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of guys that get that opportunity to chase the dream of being in the NFL and a lot of times don't make it out of training camp. So I think don't take this at seriously. At this point, it's just a try. It's an invite to camp. And, yeah. You know, they invite how many guys do they invite to camp? 90 plus. Yeah, 90 man roster, that's exactly. right. Exactly. And then they narrow it down from there. And if he proves himself, w- why not? Mm-hmm. You know? And everyone's saying, "Oh, he's taking a spot away from somebody else that's worked hard and deserves it." And I was like, "Well, let him give it a shot." If yeah. he's, you know, he went and tried the minor league baseball thing or tried to be, you know, he wanted to make it to the big mm-hmm. club, of course. Didn't want to do that. He clearly still has a dream of being a professional football player. He's a great analyst on the SEC network. He doesn't need money. He's doing very well for himself financially. So this is not a money grab. This is, you know, something he must genuinely miss and something he wants to do. And so much of the world today is who you know and, you know, connections there. He and Urban Meyer obviously have history there. So someone he's familiar with, maybe he thinks that, Tim can provide some sort of help. I imagine Urban Meyer has a lot to lose here. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He's, his, this is his first year. He's got for, for, he's dealing with Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick, made the move from the NCAA to the NFL. All eyes are going to be on him for how he transitions Trevor Lawrence to the, to the NFL and if he can coach Absolutely. Pro- pro- professional football. So I just don't think he would take that chance and invite invite Tim if he didn't think he would be useful. I will say one thing: they should probably make sure he doesn't follow them into the quarterbacks room when there's going to be <laughs> yeah. when there's going to be meetings in there. He might try to like sneak an ear in there just in case. You know. Yeah, you don't. Want, yeah, you don't want him infringing on Trevor at all. And I think Meyer has a he has a grip on the situation. But as I mentioned, some players are really not happy, especially. Des Bryant, who was especially insulted, and he released a whole Twitter thread, basically in summarization, what I got out of it, it's kind of hinting at the idea that race had a lot to do with it, with the future acquisition of Tim Tebow, saying, this is from Des Bryant, he's happy for Tebow, but quote, wants us to wake up and see what goes on and take care of yours. And so I think it's really just an ominous message out of Des Bryant from someone I think who's gotten his fair shake and his fair share of second chances. I mean, he was what he cut from the Cowboys, then he signed with the Saints, had that season ending and ending injury, and then had that little stint with the Ravens. I don't think he didn't do too good. I know you're a Ravens fan, so you yeah. probably have a better idea okay. of that. I mean, he, he he had moments where he did good. There was mm-hmm. a few nice catches he had, but it wasn't. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> just like this idea of give it like. It's okay, but just like notice what's going on. I kind of have a bone to pick with that, to be honest, because we haven't seen him yet. I, I think if you take guys who people advocate for them to get second chance, like the first one that comes to mind, obviously Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, he demanded something like twenty million dollars from an NFL team to be signed. Tim Tebow is going to be grateful to be in the tight end room, getting however he'll probably get league minimum. I'd bet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so, and then Des Bryant signed by the Saints and Ravens. He's had his chances, so I think. People and players, they need to give give Tebow his chance. Let him go through the tr- training camp, preseason games, because 
we don't know if he's even going to play for them. So just give it time is what I say. I agree. And, you know, I think when you bring up Colin Kaepernick, look, I mean, we could spend a whole show about talking yeah. about the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. But remember, he had an opportunity whether it was legitimate or not, we still don't know. But the NFL gave him an opportunity to try out a, a, in front of scouts or members of the front office of each NFL team mm-hmm. and teams that couldn't make it. They would send film. And then last minute, less than an hour before he was supposed to be there, they switched the location because he wanted to control the media. He wanted to have control over the narrative. He didn't want anybody editing the film or anything. And mm-hmm. not a lot of scouts were like, yo, you switched up the location on us. Like, Kaepernick had a chance, had a second chance right there. Like, if mm-hmm. he really wanted to play in the NFL, would have taken it. I do understand, like, I, I sympathize with him. You know, so many people say he can't play, he sucks, he can't throw, he's not a good cu- quarterback anymore. He wanted to control what the media saw of him. He wanted to make sure everybody had a fair look at it and it wasn't doctored in any way. But to say that he didn't have a second chance, he did. They yeah. made it work there. And, you know, listen, I understand they reached a settlement there with him. The NFL had to pay him a lot of money due to what happened. Uh, and it's, it's, Honestly, it's unfortunate. That's a guy. I remember watching him when he was early on with the 49ers. Dude was exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. He was so much fun to watch. And it really is unfortunate that his career ended the way that it did. Uh, but the constant, is this going to be the constant narrative? Is this going to be anytime mm-hmm. someone gets a shot, anytime someone gets a second chance, they're going to say, well, what about Colin? What yeah. about this? It seems like it's the broken record being the dead horse. That's what I'm getting out of and, it. But Exactly. Yeah, and we, if people, like, there's so many, think about all the situations where teams needed a quarterback. Like, we're desperate for one. Mm-hmm. Where they were looking, they were even looking at names bef- like Christian Ponder, who hasn't, when's the last <laughs> time he took an NFL snap? Yeah. You know, what other name? Like, asking, I mean, hell, the Dolphins <laughs> got, uh, what, Jay Cutler <laughs> out of his TV contract. Like, yeah. if teams needed a quarterback, they would have gotten him. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, like you said, we could spend a whole show on this, but yeah. unfortunately we just don't have the time. We're going to talk about some NBA Hall of Fame induction ceremony stuff. Coming up next, Sports Sunday, KOCI. Do not go anywhere. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is here to connect you to the people, places, and memories you love most about our school. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And as always, go Sailors! Join us Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. for Local Motion. Local artists, recordings, interviews, on-air performances, and happenings here on KOCI. Stay connected. Follow Mesa Water District on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or connect through mesawater.org. Stay up on the latest news from Mesa Water. See all their water-wise tips. Mesa Water District. Dedicated to serving you. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. And we're back on Sports Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Babona, here with Annie O'Donnell. And we're going to talk about some NBA Hall of Fame induction ceremony stuff. A lot happened over the weekend, Annie, and we got to cover it all. So many people inducted the Hall of Fame. Future ones were announced actually t- this morning, I believe. So we'll talk about that as well. I mean, it, everything's happening so fast. So where where do we begin? Let's just go the three big names of the weekend. I mean, Kevin Garnett, the twelve time All Defensive Player, MVP and champion, by far the greatest player in Timberwolves history. He got in. Tim Duncan, fifteen time All Defensive Teams, 
five championships. And it was funny because this was the first time I heard his voice and I just did not expect, I don't know what I was expecting, but it just wasn't what Tim Duncan, like, he's just super relaxed. Like, you just tell by how he carries himself, how he jokes around. I mean, he probably made like three or four jokes like, I hate talking to people. I can't wait to get off this podium. Just, he's one of the most human NBA, NBA players I've seen. Just, he's just a guy. And so I just, I just loved to see that out of Tim Duncan. And it was just entertaining and obviously... The more heartfelt stuff with Kobe Bryant, five-time NBA champion, eight-time, 18-time All-Star MVP, 12-time All-Defensive, Oscar Award winner, and New York Times bestselling author. That one I learned last night. I actually didn't know that he was New York Times bestselling author. So just nothing he couldn't do. And then with Vanessa and MJ, it was touching. I was expecting to cry. I, I held back tears. Didn't I didn't end up shedding one, but, you know... It was sad nonetheless, and I just love to see it. It was heartfelt and everyone. You could tell it was on everyone's mind. Absolutely. I mean, this is a moment all of us, uh, I, ever since, uh, you know, that final game in 2016 when mm-hmm. he's, you know, the Mamba out, this was a moment we've all been anticipating as Lakers fans and uh, as, as touching. And I, I did cry during Vanessa's speech, you know, and I, I applaud her strength for being able to get up there and, uh, induct her husband into the hall of fame mm-hmm. but it's a reminder and i hate to get sad here but life sometimes life is just so unfair and the fact that kobe and gianna are not here and kobe wasn't able to be up there to you know everyone was saying jobs finished you know and it, as uh you know kind of going back to when he said what do you what's to be happy about jobs not done yeah and it was that was ne- kobe was always you know never rest in the middle rest at the end mm-hmm. and the fact that Kobe wasn't there to see the fruits of his labor for him to be immortalized as a base basketball great was just mm-hmm. it's unfair it, it yeah. really is but you know he will live on uh without a doubt I mean I think that's I mean look at the look look at how brought together all of us have been over his loss over the last what year and a half almost yeah. it's really uh, it's tough it, it, it brings tears to my eyes honestly the amount of people that really admired Kobe not not just on the court phenomenal basketball player but who he was off the court and you know just the way he inspired basketball players now to you know give hope because so many times when professional athletes retire they it was that now what you know, I'm not a basketball player anymore. I'm not an athlete. What do I do? And Kobe, I mean, look what Kobe did after he retired. I won an Oscar. He is an entrepreneur. He owns countless businesses. He, what started the, the Mamba, what, Mamba, Mamba Academy. Academy, Mamba Sports Academy, you know, all those things. Yeah. You know, he kept busy. It was yeah. just, this is just the next part of his life and obviously enjoying being a girl dad. It, it And then just, you know, regular folks like you and us, people like us that, you know, take his the message of mamba mentality and apply it to our own life and c- commit to our craft and you know do you and I would not be sitting here today talking sports in Orange County if we were not committing to what we love to do yeah, and absolutely. so many people can connect to that in some way and it's just it's really touching and you know him being my favorite basketball player of all time it's, it's the fact that he's still creating change in the world and having mm-hmm. such an impact when he's gone is it's incredible yeah absolutely i think his lifestyle not only for basketball but just life in general he there's nothing he couldn't do when you could win five championships retire write a book win an oscar new york times bestselling author he's just he's just a role model for anyone because you could take his lifestyle and his ethic and like you said apply it to whatever me sportscasting you know it was crazy because 
the moment he died, the news got out that he died. I was actually in studio here. I was doing the morning show with Tom and Lynn Selleck on Stu News. And then Tom just on his phone, he's like, no way. And so like, obviously I was saying like, what happened? Like you're joking or something. Was it like a terrorist attack? And like, he's like, Kobe Bryant just died. And so we, it was like towards the end of the show, like last five minutes, but we just stopped and we're like, we have to keep going. We have to, we have to talk about this because this guy meant so much to the Orange County community. People see him all the time and they always say he was, he never big leagued them. He always gave them the time of day, made them feel special, gave them advice and just being able to talk about him for what, like 15 minutes after our scheduled time of the show. And we just kept going and going. And I, I know I, after the show ended, went over to 24 hour fitness, played basketball because I, I just felt like that was the, the only thing I could do. And we just, people there playing pickup where we just talked about Kobe and just like, yeah. wow, how good, how great was this guy? And how, how sad is this? And I know I have a special connection because I, I did a lot of work covering for OCC, John Altobelli and his family who died in that crash as well. Aww. Just learning about those connections and like how many people he touched because the list is, is countless. And I think that in Vanessa's speech, she touched on it. Just, you can't thank everyone because he, he just touched everyone he met, honestly, right. and pe- even people he didn't meet, like you and I. Like it's, it's just insane the type of impact Kobe had on not only our community, our little world, but just the entire planet and just everyone who has that Mamba mentality. So you just got to hand it to him, and it was just a beautiful moment with Vanessa, obviously. Absolutely. And I think uh, one thing, uh, so many people say, you know, Kobe was like a hero. He was like larger than life. And I say I agree with that to an extent, but something that I think really – makes Kobe so special, especially to the or- not only the Orange County community where he lives, but, you know, L.A. and Lakers fan in general. You, you know, he came in as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. into this large market, a new city, and we really watched him grow up. And we watched him fall, make mistakes, and mature as a man. And I feel like in that sense, we sort of feel like we lost some... That's why a lot of us take it so personal, because we really feel that personal connection to Kobe, because mm-hmm. we did watch him. You know, it's yeah. whether it's on TV, on the screens, and it... And when Vanessa said yesterday, when she said that you know, there were so many days where he could have taken a day off, but he always, he loved his fans. He thought about Lakers fans and Kobe fans all the time. You know, he said, how about the fans that saved up money to watch me play just once? And I'm one of those fans. I only got to watch Kobe play once. It was when I was living in Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's something I'll remember forever. Uh, it's something, you know, you tell your kids about. Yeah, I did get to watch Kobe Bryant play once. Unfortunately, I never did at Staples Center. And that's largely because my father is a huge Celtics fan and would not pay. <laughs> for Lakers tickets ever, but Man, that's okay. That's a, such a bummer. Yeah, I mean, one of my first <laughs> sports memories ever was just watching Kobe battle out the Celtics in Game 7. Like, that is liter- literally my first sports memory of anything. What a sports memory And so, like, just, like, being downstairs, <laughs> and, like, my whole family's huddled, and my cousins were over, and we were just watching him go, and I was too young to just analyze or take away anything, which I just remember, like, Lakers won and the huge celebration afterwards, and, yeah, every everything happened so fast. So just... To be able to commemorate his life and talk about him, it, like it just brings it brings a lot of joy to me. And I know it's super sad, but to talk about it with you, I know people are listening out there. Just how much he touched us, and we know that. So it's really something. Yeah. Like I was living in New York uh, last year when the news broke, and there's all my New York buddies were are huge Knicks fans, and even though they grew up loving the Knicks, they all had a Kobe story. They all took something away from him. So something that really helped, which me being an LA sports fan. 
away from that. Like we really felt the loss hard and something that really helped me that entire week was just talking about him was yeah. sharing stories, sharing our favorite moments, what he said, or you know, reading Mamba mentality, what things we took away from that and applied it to our own life. So he's rightfully in the hall of fame uh, as we all, there was, I, I, there was no doubt he was going to be there, but yeah. uh, I mean, now that there, there's a whole exhibit there now too, which Vanessa, I know had a hand in it. It looks amazing. Well, if, yeah, if we're ever in Massachusetts, got to head up that. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like I said, I go back. I'm very happy. It was a great moment. It was long deserved, but just feels just awful that he's not here Mm -hmm. to witness it. But, you know, you got to. He'll be remembered forever. And that's undoubtedly, you know, yeah, we got to move on. But I always love talking Kobe never gets old because such a rich character. Um, LeBron said it was one of the best classes he's ever seen. Tim Duncan, Garnett and Kobe. I mean, Pretty convincing, but I, I, I wasn't ready for that. I think 2009's MJ, John Stockton, David Robinson might edge that out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, great class nonetheless. And I actually enjoyed some of the coaches. I know the Rockets coach, that, that speech was really good. And then there was one one lady, I, I do not know her name, and I, I, I wish I wrote it down, but she, she came up with MJ, I think. Do you remember? Do you know her name? But she, she was with Baylor, and she gave a really great speech as well. And, yeah. Just great moments all around. One one that I found impeculiar was Robert Ori got a shout out from Rockets coach Rudy Tomjanovich to get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Like you don't see that often. People just like getting on their uh, soapbox, getting on the pedestal, and like being like, "This guy has to be in the Hall of Fame." So does he belong, Rudy or Robert Ori? I mean, he won what like seven chips, and then. He was just big shot Rob. Never never really was a big – he probably has under 10 points a game. But, man, under I just – 10 points. Uh, that's not Hall of Fame Yeah, but, but when you win all those chips and you, you're clutch like that, I think – It's one of those yeah. exceptions to the rule kind of thing. Yeah. Where, you know, you, there's countless people like just – for the people that they were on those teams and the impact they had in the locker room, you know, people give them that Hall of Fame honor in there. But – uh, when you look at the stats, I mean, we could <laughs> seven argue. Seven points a game. I mean, I think about it when we chips. talk, you know, I know you have your, we, let, let me re- remind, I said, I think Julian Edelman will be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't think he <laughs> should be. I wouldn't vote for him, but I think somebody will. But mm-hmm. he's one of those guys, you make a case for somebody really being important part of those championship teams. I mean, it's people in the Hall are going to listen. So it's, uh, does he deserve it? I mean, that's not for me to say, but... If he's a character guy, why not? Yeah. I mean, we'll see in the future. I, I mean, there might not be a big enough movement, but I think that his personal connection, um, just the coach from the Rockets saying right. that, it's pretty personal for him. But that'll, that'll be a good story, and I think we'll talk about it when we come back. But there's a guy who's going to be inducted next year, kind of that same anomaly. So we'll, we'll discuss that when we come back on Sports Sunday, 101.5 KOCI. Yotronic services and repairs all brands of Apple and Windows computers and cell phones. Only 15 to 20 minutes to repair any broken iPhone screen. Water damage, battery problems, sound issues, virus removal, slow computers, software install, and data recovery. Home or business, and the best part is they're right here at 17th and Irvine in Costa Mesa next to the 7-Eleven on Irvine Avenue between L's Pizza and Ruby's Sandwiches. Open seven days a week, 949-791-7206. Commercial and residential pressure washing by Eugene is available right here in the Newport Beach area. Gutter cleaning, window washing, algae removal, and more to give your property a better look. Eugene can pressure wash anything. 949 400 
949-400-3552. That's 949-400-3552 or NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. That's NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. And we're back on Sports Sunday talking some NBA Hall of Fame ceremony stuff. Pretty good, pretty good discussion we had about Kobe in the last segment. And so we got to cover some other guys who got in. Notable names, maybe not household, but ones we think are deserving of a shout out. Mike Breen is a Hall of Fame broadcaster now he did 15 seasons of final coverage and counting he's the the bang guy trademark thing and he's in now and he's still doing broadcasting that's how good he is he's almost like almost the Vin Scully of NBA talk like that household (laughs) name people know him the bang everyone knows that if you watch basketball so he's in the hall of fame and also next year's got announced as well so next year for the 2022 class Paul Pierce is headlining at the Truth, NBA champion, finals MVP, four-time All-NBA, and 10-time All-Star, Celtics legend. He's in. And it's just crazy. I was thinking how much our perception was shifted of him since he became an analyst because <laughs> he, this he's a Hall of Famer and the numbers show it and the accolades back that up. But just having him on TV and watching his hot takes that go sour really quick. It, it really, it really taints his legacy to be, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, now he's going to have, now he's going to have the hall of fame. He's going to be where he can wear the jacket, show up on, on set with the jacket. Has he signed somewhere else yet? No, not yet. I know okay. we, we talked about that. He was fired from ESPN. If you didn't catch that for, uh, he, he posted on live, like smoking weed, had strippers in the background and obviously no, um, Social distancing going on at all, so that was happening. I don't think social distancing was the issue. Yeah, but just to to top it off. So yeah, he was fired, terminated from ESPN, and then Barstool was in the mix to get him. He hasn't done anything official yet, but we'll keep you up. But he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, you're right. And wherever he goes, he's going to have that jacket on and just tote that, whatever hot take he has. Literally, as as he should, honestly. Yeah. And so you have him, and you have Chris Bosh, 11 All-Stars in 13-year career, two-time NBA champion, and one-time All-NBA appearance. He His career was cut short. I believe he had, like, a blood issue. Yeah. And so, he, yeah, it got cut short. But, I mean, when you make 11 All-Stars in 13 years, that's that's great. I mean, some might argue he was only the best in the league for one. He only had one All-NBA year. But I, I really think that for a power forward, he was t- cream of the crop, for sure, in that era. So... I hand it to Chris Bosch for sure. I'm shocked he didn't get in this year, honestly, or last year, mm-hmm. excuse me. I know that was very uh, rocked the NBA world last year. And I'd still, I mean, we all knew he would get in eventually, but first year of eligibility, I thought he should have gotten in really? with this class. So, like, I don't know how selective, I know NBA is a little bit more lenient than to say like baseball or football, but football, everybody yeah, gets first in. ballot is football, like, football, you and I could get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Edelman's going to get in. So <laughs> literally yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And then the last one, a guy I was advocating for earlier this year, I was pissed off he wasn't in already. Ben Wallace, more all NBA appearances than all stars, just goes to show you how misevaluated he was in his years. I mean, he's been on the ballot for a few years now, but more all NBA than all star. It just doesn't add it. Like, you can't be an all NBA without an all star, but he did it, which is super whack. Six time all weird. defensive, four time defensive player of the year. 
And I think this one, this sets a pretty impactful precedence. Wallace only averaged 5.7 points per game in his career. So I take this as now defensive specialists and guys who really have a niche could have an argument point to Ben Wallace because this guy's in the Hall of Fame. So now now maybe a Robert Ory saying, I was the best at what I, I made the big shots. I won those rings. I'm that guy. You point to Ben Wallace now and say, this guy averaged 5.7 points per game in the league, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Ori doesn't have the defensive accolades that Wallace does, but he was still one of the best in a certain niche he had in the game. So I, I think this is a really, really important induction with Ben Wallace. Absolutely. And but and you bring up an important point is when you kind of bring in those guys and I know we talked about it with Howard is when you're looking at Hall of Fame, you got to ask yourself, was this person ever the best at their position or what kind of player they were at a certain point in time? Mm-hmm. And if you have those specialized players, if you have those players that really revolutionize the game, sort of like how Steph Curry has done with, you know, he's changed the game of shooting for years to come. You can make those exceptions. People that really had a positive impact on the way the game of basketball is played but you also like you said you know if you make exceptions for one guy you're like hey i did what that guy did and probably maybe better you could argue you know you you open up a lot of criticism you open up a whole other gate where people can say well i play that kind of style yeah where's my hall of fame induction like absolutely and like the door's blown open like i know vlade divats is one that i brought up as someone who just like shouldn't be in there's there's guys who slip through the cracks for sure especially in, in nba and nfl but now, I think the door's like blown open t- completely with this one. But, and, and I think Ben Wallace deserves to. It's just that the type of player he has, I think he is going to be the, the evidence they point to right. in their thesis to get into the Hall of Fame. So that's, that concludes our Hall of Fame ceremonial talk. Really great w- weekend if you didn't catch that like tear-jerking stuff. Yeah. So I would definitely rewatch it if you, if you didn't catch it on Saturday. But we're going to go over to just an NBA update. Today's actually the last day of the NBA regular season. I think for the most part, things are solidified, but there's, a, I think, one game, which is Warriors-Memphis-Grizzlies. That's going to shift one of the play-in tournament schedules. So watch that. I think, the, I think the Warriors are winning that one. So keep an eye on that. But for the most part, it's, it's closed up, and the playoffs are going to start. The play-in games are starting this week, and then playoffs maybe late next week. So we'll see that. So watch, watch Steph Curry. He, which, by the way, Steph Curry clinched the scoring title, edging out Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. That came in the last game of the season. So there's stuff to watch all the way down the line. Steph Curry, I believe this this might be his second or third scoring title. I believe I'll, I'll, I comfortably say second scoring title. Huge for him. And I think when you have a guy like Nikola Jokic, we're talking MVP here. Does this is this enough? Is getting the eight seed carrying a team? I mean, your rookie out for the year. Now you win the scoring title. You're in the playoffs. Maybe you win a play playing game, and people, the analysts will say, "Oh no, playoffs don't really count towards the MVP voting." But they'll watch that, and that'll definitely that'll go up in their mind when they're checking off the ballot, right? So, I I personally have Jokic with runaway MVP, but. I think you could make an argument for Steph Curry here now. Absolutely. And you know, they, as much as I'm pretty sure voting is isn't voting done before the playoffs. Yeah. And then released after the fact. 
Yeah, but I don't know how much how play-in because play-in's technically not. Ah, uh, good. So point. I don't good I don't point. know exactly when these guys are making their ballots, but I think it could affect it a little bit, especially just scoring title right now, last game of the season. I would completely agree, but I I would have to agree. I think Jokic is my point, my choice for MVP. But I, like like you said, you could, someone could make a very good case for Curry for Steph Curry and the way he's mm-hmm. carried that team. But you know, it's all about the people, how the people feel that are making <laughs> their votes, and it's yeah. unfortunately not us yet. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, smaller market Jokic, I love to see center win it first time since Shaq did in 2000. Kind of unbelievable that no one's done it since him two decades and plus. So keep going. And then let's talk at some awards. So we did MVP. So now let's let's hit the big ones. Defensive player of the year. This one, I think it's obvious we saw this guy do what he does all year. He lost his number two guy. And still kept going. They're the number one seed in the East. I think Ben Simmons wins Defensive Player of the Year for the NBA. There's just there's no one who does what he does. Like Howie and I, we one day in production, we were just watching film on Ben Simmons. Just the length he has, like stripping guys. Like it's like, oh god, what is like a pterodactyl just like <laughs> just ripping the ball out of guys' hands and reaching over it. Like and he obviously super oversized point guard. He just gets it done. So I, I really have Ben Simmons, 100% of the Defensive Player of the Year vote. There's no question in my mind he wins it. Over Rudy Gobert? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I really think so. And Yeah, so what's your argument for Rudy, though? Rudy, I I mean, he's just he, he's the heart and soul of that Jazz defense. He's the yeah. guy on the rim. He's the guy helping get the rebounds. He leads in all defensive stats, outs, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, all defensive category other than out-of-the-floor activities. So Rudy Gobert leads those stats. I just watching him and the impact he has on that Jazz defense. I think. I mean, Ben Simmons makes a great mm-hmm. campaign for him. Ben Simmons makes a great campaign for himself. But for me, it's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that and he, he, he's won it before, and just his name's in the conversation every year. I mean, As even it be, yeah. and this year he was in the MVP conversation. If you go on like Basketball Reference, he's like seventh, and so like he's he is very valuable. And right. like you said, he's just. A defensive guy like that's his game he's like a ben wallace right like he's not going to get into the hall he he's a hall of famer like if he keeps playing like the way he is <laughs> i i'm comfortable saying that rudy gobert and for the remainder of career plays like he does now there's no doubt in my mind but ben simmons this year just he kind of took it by storm I mean, he just he plays a different brand of defense obviously he's not a paint protector per se he's more of just a pest and like perimeter defender gets in guys areas and just is a physical presence so you make a good argument, but I just have to go with Ben Simmons. But I, for sixth man of the year, I will go to the Jazz. Jordan Clarkson, no one's done it like him. The type of volume that he shoots with and is efficient scoring, there aren't too many guys who do. I'm trying to think of six men who could, like, dang, there. there's just not too many six men like Jordan Clarkson who get the volume and get the opportunity like he does. So he's, he's again, like a consensus sixth man of the year this year. I agree. Nobody's close. Honestly, Mm -hmm. you're looking at even, I mean, got to give credit to Montrez Harrell with the Lakers. He's played phenomenal since coming over, but uh, looking at the everybody else, nobody's close. No, like it, it, yeah, it's his to win. Absolutely. I think maybe yeah, like a Schroeder, like you said, Harrell and like maybe if Rondo was traded earlier, he can make like a, (laughs) like he's a guy who comes to my head, like just comes off the bench and drops like 20 and 10, 10 assists. Yeah. But no, Jordan Clarkson, no one, no one did it. Did it like him. Coach of the year. This one, 
I God, I hope that like Alex and Howie aren't listening because I gave this guy so much crap back when he was on coaching the Clippers. But Philly's Doc Rivers, kind of an early hot take here. But when you mm. come into a squad and you're in a gr- really competitive conference, to be honest, the East really ramped it up this year, and you take the number one seed over the three-headed giant that's the the Brooklyn Nets and then Giannis and the Bucks and you win you clinch the number 1 seed pretty early and you you lost MB2 for about 2 3 weeks that is coach of the year type stuff to go in following one of the worst offensive worst playoff offensive performances ever and then you coach a team to the 1 seed in a conference that's coach coach of the year type stuff i i would vibe with a I, I don't even know who the Suns coach is. Monty Williams. Monty Williams. That's my but, pick. But yeah. That's my pick. I think sure. that when you are a first-year coach in a new organization, or he's not a first-year coach, but... but oh, Monty Williams. Oh, you're no, talking no, no, about no, no, Doc Rivers. Doc, gotcha, when, gotcha. When, you go, yeah, when you go to a new team and you're the one seed right off the bat, this is what Philly's been waiting for. And guys, a lot of coaches have been in Philly and couldn't get over that heap and couldn't get that one seed. But now, Doc Rivers goes in there like it's nothing. And now he has an opportunity to try to change the narrative. I th- I think most NBA fans who are really grizzled and experienced know like what he's capable of, obviously, with the Celtics way back. But for those who have just recency bias and have watched the Clippers stuff, he has a really big opportunity to change the narrative of his coaching career, to be honest. I agree. I mean, I think Doc's a great candidate. For- I, j- I go for Monty just because... I mean, first, they're going to the playoffs for the first time in 11 Mm -hmm. years. Their offense and defense has improved drastically. I believe I saw that they were bottom three over the before he got there, bottom three in offense and defense. Now they're upwards of top 10 in the league. I mean, it's just, listen, they've got a lot of talent on that team, and that's a lot of credit there, but you got to give credit to Monty Williams for the job he's done in just two years. Absolutely. Like I said, like that is a very, very close second. I think if you were to argue Monty, it's the jump you made, right? Because the the Sixers were still a great squad before Doc came, but the Suns were a sorry team in the West. And to go to the two seed just like that, that is coach of the year type stuff. Just, I think, from the standpoint of Doc Rivers, he he himself made that jump. Right. And so let's talk about improved teams on that note. I think the most improved team out of the West, Phoenix Suns, without a doubt. They were... right. Just a consolation lottery team last year, this year, two seed over great talents like the Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets. They're competing and they, I believe they have, they've won the most conference games if that's a stat. Like they, they beat the good teams. Right. And so the Suns are my most improved team. And from the East, how about those four seed Knicks, man? That's my That is, yeah. (laughs) There's just, there's no doubt that they're probably the most improved team overall, like, it's the Knicks, man. Like, just thinking about them is just b- Knicks bad. Associate like if we're talking psychology, like it's that that jump Knicks you make. Bad. Yeah, Knicks bad. Like, like that's the first thing that comes. The but butt now end, it's the butt full, end of yeah, every joke. Now yeah. they're they're going to have home court advantage in the playoffs. Just completely flipping the script. Julius Randle, great job. Derek Rose and uh, Tom Thibodeau, I believe, is the head coach there. Done a great job. That could be another coach of the year candidate, yeah. too, as well. I, I don't I know if I'd put him. He's he's up there in the conversation. Yeah. I don't know if I put him up there with with Doc, but mm-hmm. I would have to agree. I mean, the fact that Knicks fans have been waiting for this for <laughs> ever, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah. But I, I mean, 
with uh, regardless of the talent out in Brooklyn, I mean, clearly the Knicks are just stealing the show, and it's a good time to be a New York sports fan. And the Yankees mm-hmm. are starting to pick up speed a little bit. The Islanders are in the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you're if you're into hockey and oh football, of course, the Giants and the Jets soon to be starting. Rebuilding. Rebuilding. You know, the Giants have a little bit more hope than the Jets. Let's not get ahead of ourselves with the the football in New York here. I think they they, they need a little bit more sprouting time. A little bit. But, you know, with the the NFC East, come on. Yeah, Uh, anything can happen. A healthy Giants team, I think, is a shoo-in for that. While we're on this note, football, I think the turnaround time for a franchise is, is much faster than baseball or basketball, for sure. Like, three years is all it takes to go from last place to... Competing for a title. Why do you basically. think that is? I think I I wouldn't say because the rosters are because the rosters are the biggest of the major sports, right. but ah, it must be a money thing. And yeah. I think with like you said earlier, the the career span is three years, right? Yeah. So guys get cycled in and out faster than any sport. I think there's more and, talent, and that's too. why. Like think yeah. about that. How large the pool? How large mm-hmm. Division One college football is? Yeah, like, you've got a lot of talent to choose from, and you're not just mm-hmm. picking from the SEC, the Big mm-hmm. Ten, the A10. You've got, I mean, North Dakota State is getting it. <laughs> yeah. Is it now apparently a football yeah. powerhouse and for quarterbacks? One more thing I would have is one player, with the exception of QB, makes such makes a less impact than one player in basketball. Like if you have LeBron James and then. 14 scrubs your roster you're gonna make it to the playoffs and maybe win a chip but if you you need a completely balanced team and one piece could really make that difference but a center or a linebacker is not going to impact the entire game it's not going to win you games you need to build around everything and I think when you have the attention on like the broad the gestalt then you're gonna you're gonna be more careful and build a team in a way that it, it cycles faster because Really, with the exception of quarterback, there's not people who really impact every play. You say a center doesn't impact the game, and I think back to that Ravens-Bills playoff game last <laughs> the, season, the, where the, the center did, in fact, and, impact yeah, the game. In a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah. But. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Let's go to the most regressed teams in the NBA. We talked about the most improved, but now on the opposite side, I have the Raptors, who lost the conference semifinals in seven last year, but this year... The wheels just fell off. They were they were competing. They were in the four seed. I know things were really close in the East for a little bit there, but twenty seven and forty five this year after a playoff appearance last year, it doesn't make you too. It doesn't raise too many eyebrows. But like, God, the, I just thought that Nick Nurse could do it, man. Kawhi could leave and you could compete with the squad, but the wheels just fell off. Siakam really regressed too. I thought he was going to be like a household name, a guy you talk about, superstar, but. I think the spin move got a little old, and <laughs> and now, yeah, they really just fell off. And then kind of the low-hanging fruit here is the Rockets because legit competitor in the West with Harden and everything, and then dead last, just right. abysmal. I think they lost, what, like 21 in a row at one point this year? Yep. Just terrible stuff yeah the rockets and the thunder were my uh were my choices after qualifying for the bubble <laughs> the, the disney bubble last year so that's the it's it's interesting it's always interesting to see usually in some sports like you've got your usual guys but then there's the ones that just kind of completely tamper off like it's like the red mm-hmm. Sox for baseball some years they're really good and the others they're just bottom basement teams it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like cycle time is face teams as i'm sorry players get traded they sign other places you're uh, I don't know if I like that better. Would you prefer like 
long like period of incons of uh, like a long period of just success and then just a long period of failure or would okay. you rather be up down up down up down up down see like more polarized versus consistently inconsistent it's almost like the same question in and of itself right. but man i would now i would rather be consistent like have smaller streaks than right. a 20 game win streak 20 game lose streak because yeah. it just it's too volatile and i think God, like I just think about the Dodgers, like them starting thirteen and two, and then losing like twelve of sixteen. So I, I would rather have more condensed streaks and yeah. more a more consistent base of play because you want to know what you're going to get out of your guys. I think that's the thing in sports, like being able to be consistent is key. And it, actually, I took like a, a tennis lesson, super random, but the, my coach was like. The most important word in tennis, consistency. And I think that that really rings true for just like any sports. I know that's super random, but <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. Okay, so we did that. Now let's go over some, some stuff is starting to finalize in the playoff bracket. So I just want to go over it real quick. Warriors did beat the Grizzlies. And shout out to the Warriors. Six in a row to close out the season. They're the eighth seed. So they're, they're going to they're gonna play... They're going to play the Grizzlies anyway. It, that didn't actually didn't. They're just going to host them now. So they beat the Grizzlies. They're going to host them in the playing tournament. The Lakers and the Trailblazers, that is the last game, meaningful game of the season. If the Lakers win and the Blazers lose, Lakers are not in the playing tournament. Blazers win. They're not in the playoff tournament. So like, basically, the Blazers control their fate here. If they win, Lakers are in the playoff playoff um play in tournament no matter what so tonight lakers trailblazers last meaningful game of the season gotta watch that huge implications for our local team Ooh. other than that let's go over to the eastern conference here so the wizards they're going to play the pacers and then the hornets 10 seed are gonna go over to the celtics and then, then that is their play in tournament everything's solidified in the east so if you go over and look into the standings for the east Everything's set in stone. Like I said, 76ers the one seed, Nets two, Bucks three, then Knicks at four. The rest follows. And then the West got the Jazz headlining first place. I actually don't know if any of their games are still in progress, but as for now, Jazz are half a game ahead of the Suns first place. And then Nuggets in third, Clippers in fourth. Mavericks, five seed. They really jumped. They were about the ninth seed midseason, but huge win streak, huge stuff from Doncic. They're the five seed. Blazers six seed, set Lakers seventh. Obviously, that could change tonight, and we will see. Definitely watch that game. We're gonna see probably the most out of LeBron and AD all season. Getting in thick because you don't want to play in the playoff tournament. No, and I like. Uh, I think it was AD that said yesterday. He was just like, "Yeah, wherever we go, like if we're in the play-in tournament, we'll do what we got to do." And I know I said last week LeBron's comments about the play-in tournament were very concerning. If he wasn't worried about it, he wouldn't have had a gripe with how stupid it was. But AD, I think. Getting Braun and AD back is, obviously it's huge, but I think there's mm-hmm. just a huge confidence boost there and everyone's feeling good. Honestly, the Lakers, should they, I think they're healthy, yeah, they're healthy. Should they be at 100%, it's, hey, let's, yeah, it's time to it's, play some basketball. Yeah, it's, let's a, go. It's, it's a wrap for the repeat. That's <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying. If, as long as those two are on the court in a would, playoff atmosphere, are you kidding me? I would it's, not want to play the and, Lakers in the, play, in the first round. Yeah, because it's see, if they, if things stay as they are, the Lakers are going to play the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, not that menacing of a roster, if I'm being completely honest. So okay. I would feel comfortable, and they would only have to win one game because yeah. they're they're like the head of the play-in tournament. So the the Spurs would have to beat the Lakers twice in a row. I just don't see that happening. That would be huge news, just 
terrible news, obviously, if that were to happen. But I'd feel comfortable as the Lakers. I think you're right. And Anthony Davis has the right mindset. While we're talking championship, in our next segment, we're going to talk about what championship is the hardest to win. We'll be right back on Sports Sunday at 101.5 KOCI. Do not go anywhere. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our Sailor family together. We're proud to record our school's rich history and our Hall of Fame. And to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, go Sailors! Kimmerer Crampton Family Law provides top-notch litigators with decades of experience known for their courtroom skills and high-end premier customer service. The attorneys at Kammerer Crampton clearly explain every detail about legal options working with you towards solutions that meet your family's needs. 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes the difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not.com, not.net. It's divorce.legal. Hi, this is Casey Forrester. And Mike Henderson with SunWest Mortgage Company. We're local mortgage professionals with over 40 years of combined experience. We offer conventional, FHA, VA, jumbo, and many types of renovation financing. Calls for a consultation seven days a week at 714-334-4268. And please join us for our live interactive show, Real Estate Radio. We are on every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Right here on KOCI. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. It's 3.56 on your Sunday afternoon. This is Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. And we're talking about what is the hardest championship to win in professional sports. Super polarizing topic here, Annie, you brought up. Kind of a filler segment. I know we, we were trying to get an interview, but kind of fell through. This will suffice because I have some polarizing opinions about this i i'm very solidified in what i think is the hardest one to win so without further ado i think the hardest championship to win with in just taking consideration all professional sports i gotta go with football just because let's see it's one game elimination that's that's on no other sport in america really does that and then just football where one play could really make the difference. I think you, I, I would eliminate baseball for the sole purpose of they play five to seven game series. There's innings and it cycles through and you could really make up for one bad inning in another. But football, one interception, one fumble, one bad drop, it really makes the difference. And then just the fact that it's one game elimination, I believe if you're the one seed, you got to win three games to win the championship. And if you're not the one seed, you got to win four it, it gets tough, and so I, I'm very comfortable saying the NFL has the toughest championship in professional sports. All right. I, I mean, I, I respect where you're coming from. I respect <laughs> yeah. the argument. 
I got to go with the Stanley Cup. I got to go with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hockey has to be the hardest to win. Uh, my thing with football is there's no fir- – in hockey, there's no first-round buys. No matter where you finish, you don't get a bye week. Okay. You got to win three ga- – if you get a bye – what is it? Three games unless you're a wild card team? Yes. You have, you have to win three games to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. Which is not that much to ask, to be honest. Not that much. Yeah. And for hockey, you've got – the four on the duration of it, there's 16 teams that go into the playoffs. On each bracket? On each – so in total. Okay, so 32. Oh, no, okay, so it's 8 and 8. Yes, okay, correct. Okay. Well, this year it's a little different because they have these different divisions this year, okay. but it's still 16 teams. There's eight matchups in the first round. And then you go to the second. It's all best of seven series. So you're playing a lot of hockey and just the duration mm-hmm. of it. I mean, the, the playoffs aren't expected to end until late July. So with wow. just the duration, the physicality, uh, the amount of games you're going to be playing, and not to mention the salary cap for hockey is a lot lower than a lot of other sports. So you're not, you can't necessarily go out there. Building a super team is very difficult to do in hockey you got to really work around the cap in that regard so you can't exactly put the best players and it's so much a team sport less so than basketball where a guy like guys like LeBron and AD can really make carry a team and make an impact you can have an outstanding performance by a goaltender and they can keep you in the game but unless you're scoring goals you're not gonna win Mm -hmm. so I just think putting all that together just the strain on the body not to mention just the physicality you know that there's fighting physical physical presence on the boards so much at risk for injury there I gotta go with hockey that's mine so yeah so it's a, you could play a total of 28 games. If, not, if I'm not mistaken, it's four rounds total, up seven games maximum. Yeah, so you could end up playing 28 games in a hockey. That's basically like what? That's like half, like a third, a third of, a of a season. Yeah, is playoffs. Wow. And that's playoff hot. And that's yeah. I mean any sport. The playoffs, mm-hmm. the ante is just upped a million. Everybody's mm-hmm. on high adrenaline. Every hits are faster. Guys are skating harder. Are there more penalties in the playoffs? Like you say, penalty minutes go up a little bit. Depends. Uh, one of the things they try to do because special teams is so important. Special teams is like the power play and the penalty kill mm-hmm. when you have the man advantage or when you're down a man. That I mean, in the playoffs, like every little goal, every little moment counts. You got to be on your best. So they try to play best discipline hockey, but a lot of the times, you know, in order to stop a goal, you got to either trip a guy <laughs> up or do what you throw your body down, do what you got to do. Yeah. So, but I would say, uh, depending on the team, I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm really. I will admit my ignorance in hockey. I appreciate you. You are just, you're all the knowledge I know about hockey. So (laughs) I try to ask as many questions. I try to create the most natural conversation over radio just so I learn about hockey and hopefully our listeners do too. Very slept on sports, super entertaining. And you just got to know what's going on. You can't be blindsided by like, Whatever is happening. You got it. One thing about hockey is it's a great sport to watch live just Mm -hmm. on TV. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Just it's very hard unless you've got a great quality TV in front of you. Very <laughs> hard to follow puck. the puck. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like out, soccer. Going out to the bar, like if you're out with friends, it's really hard. Whereas <laughs> football, you can still tell what's going on, yeah. even though you can't physically see the ball, unless mm-hmm. it, of course you're doing replay and all that. But yeah. honestly, like. Right now, I know, especially with the local Ducks and the Kings, both of them did not qualify for the very exciting playoffs that are happening right now. But there's a bright future for both of those teams. So maybe not next year, but I would say two to three years, 
the Kings and the Ducks, that series is going to be competitive again, and it's going to be exciting. So yeah. now, and with the Kraken coming in, you've got Kraken. the expansion draft coming this summer, which is so honestly, how many times do we get to see something like this? Well, mm-hmm. a few years ago, we saw it with the Vegas Golden Knights, but now you get a chance to do it again. You don't see an expansion draft often in sports, no. unless you remember it from you know back in the '90s when every sport seemed to yeah, be added. It was new like teams. Florida Marlins and Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks won it in like their second or something year because they they went up and bought all these free agents. Yeah. It's super exciting, and I think someone who went to my high school and I played baseball with, his parents are in the ownership group for the Vegas Knights, so I remember when oh, they when they made their inaugural run, it was such a big deal because like we knew the guy, and we're just like, come on, Max, like your Vegas Knights like going off. So <laughs> it, yeah, super entertaining. I like. I wish I had the time. It's it's hard. Like people don't realize like how much time you have to put in. Like and you know, yeah. Like how much you have to watch to actually know what you're talking about in sports, to get the nuances, because anyone could talk about stats. We could bring up people's stat lines to talk about who's better than who, but to really get the nuances and to see who has what move and who tends to do what, you got to watch. And it's hard when you add one more sport like hockey. Oh, 100%. And that's why, like... That's why I don't knock people too much, especially like knowing and caring about all four sports is hard. It oh, yeah. is difficult. And that's why any of the beat writers or any reporters that are able to speak on it so eloquently, I admire because that takes work and it takes lots of time in front of the TV. It takes time to watch these guys, especially if they're on different coasts too. Cause you know, you got to buy expanded packages. You got to figure out ways, you know, you watch their highlights, you watch, you catch clips when you can. And this is for any sport. And that's mm-hmm. why like for Sports like hockey, it's much more difficult than the NFL where you have red zone and you can literally sit and watch football for, what is it, seven hours of commercial <laughs> yeah. free football? Oh, and you get those clips it. and that's why you're able to really, you know, you know this guy's good. You, oh, I know, you know, mm-hmm. these are, you know, you know yeah. what's going on because, yeah. oh, I mean, what human person can sit down and watch full games of football, like, individually? You got to be into it. Exactly. Seriously, like, I could do that with baseball, but that's it. That I can't do it with basketball, football, hockey, nothing. I think, right. you know... You kind of bring up a good point because I think that when you have red zone and you have fantasy football, that is, I learned so much and like learning about the tier two, tier three players in the league, I might, you know what? I might have to do hockey fantasy. That that would be a great, that'd be a great introduction for me and just getting to know the people's names at first and the teams that's like, a great I, yeah yeah honestly it's a great way i did fantasy basketball for the first time this year mm-hmm. and honestly the reason why i love fantasy football is because you set your lineup once for the week yeah and you're good and you're like okay i check wednesday make sure everybody's healthy that's there that's supposed to be there go about your day with baseball i've made baseball once worst decision ever it's tough man i played basketball and hockey this year and it was hard like you have to check every day because basketball and hockey is like an every other to two days rest type of sport right Right, and so you so, got like yeah. an 82. Well, this year is a little shorter, but right. you know, normally yeah. it's you know around in an 80, 82, 84 yeah. game series. So you got to be pretty on it. It's it's tough, but exactly. I like exactly. that. The fantasy, I'll try that. Let's do that. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the Spice Rack on 101.5 KOCI. Don't go anywhere. Very short break. You're listening to 101.5 KOCI LPFM, Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, serving all of Orange County. culture is toxic to sports media. Stay off the weed. But it is pretty fun. That's hot. It's time for the Spice Rack. It's the hottest pepper in the world. 
hot takes, and bold predictions. Real spicy stuff. <laughs> With Sports Sunday on KOCI. Always love when that intro plays. Brings a smile to my face for sure. So, the spice rack. My hot take, you know, in, in, on these airwaves in this part of the country, this one might not be too hot. And, you know, it's building some steam, and I'm glad it is, because it is time for MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred to go, man. <laughs> it is. T- he has no respect around the league. No one likes him. You've seen it from JT, Nick Castellanos. It's just on full display, and people hate this guy. The fans hate him. Like I'm surprised it's not like a Goodell level of hatred where they're just they're booing him at every opportunity because this guy is such a clown. Obviously, Dodgers have a bone to pick with him because he just failed to deal with the Astros stuff. Ended up suspending Joe Kelly, Dodgers pitcher, more than any Astros player did. They got immunity because they they complied with the MLB in their investigation. No, no, no. Like he is. It's just. Because what, Bud Selig was before him, great commissioner, really expanded the game in all facets, and now you have this guy who's just spineless, won't show his face, rarely see him around. You see him at the All-Star Game in the World Series, and it's just, it's just, I'm over it. I, I feel like this, I'm a broken record because I've brought it up when, when the Dodgers stuff really first start, start surface, I was like, Manfred has to go, there's no way we let this guy get off the hook when he's let all this happen. And you're seeing more and more stuff. I actually, I have some audio to play here. If I could pull it up. It's Nick Castellanos. He, so what he did was he was on deck getting ready to hit and a fan, a fan did this. So here, well, let's just play this audio real quick for you guys. Nick, when he got up there, that he should imagine that uh, Rob Manfred's face was on the baseball. And the next pitch, he lit it up over the fence, baby. So if you, I know that kind of came out a little quiet, but he said to to Nick Castellanos, a guy who's been in trouble with the league because he had like what the celebration stuff, and he got suspended for that. And so this fan's like, oh hey Nick, like just pretend Rob Manfred's face is on there, MLB commissioner, and he hits a home run the first pitch <laughs> that he sees, and yeah, and so he, I have no doubt with the fact that he touched a fan during the COVID stuff where they're supposed to have 12 feet of separation. And then they, they, I'm surprised the tech guys even gave him a headset to do the interview, but Nick, Nick Castellanos of the Cincinnati Reds. Oh my God. He's going to get, he's going to get such a big suspension from this. I have no, or a fine. It's going to be huge. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Rob Manfred's one of the most insecure people I've ever Mm -hmm. seen. I mean, can we agree the ranking? I know know you're not a hockey guy, but I rank my four. The commissioners go Adam Silver, Gary Bettman for the NHL. Roger Goodell. Goodell. Who, who would have thought that he would have been in the Tops, third spot? Yeah, yeah. But it's Rob Manfred on yeah. the bottom. If you if you watch all major sports, yeah, you know that Rob Manfred just because Goodell does stuff like he actually takes initiative. Rob Manfred just lets stuff happen. Yeah, and you can't. And- you have to be a leader as the commissioner of. An MLB type organization. I think a big part of it is I got to give a shout out to Dave Portnoy and Barstool for. <laughs> I think that's the reason why Goodell is so just disrespected and clowned around. I mean, remember? I mean, the clown nose picture, yeah, and the T-shirts huge. that sold, wasn't it? Um, 
Opening day, oh, not opening day, the first week one at Gillette Stadium, uh, they were giving out the towels, and they had the whole section of Goodell clown towels so rich, when yeah. he was there, because they knew he was going to be there. Uh, so, you know, buying into, I think that hype really helps it out a lot, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I wish there was a Manfred clown shirt. I remember tweeting at them, I was like, yo, make this, I will buy seven of them, one for every day of the week, because he, I mean, he yeah. failed, he failed baseball, he failed the Dodgers, he failed everybody mm-hmm. impacted by that whole ordeal not to mention what a hit baseball took last year when that those back and forth negotiations were going on and it was just a mess Mm -hmm. trying to get a season started uh going back and forth with the players association and you know the miscommunication and that's why like guys like trevor bauer and castellanos feel the need to speak out and you know speak out against the league and yeah they're gonna get fined for it i mean trevor bauer wore the (laughs) the had the um sign on his shirt that said not my logo don't find me yeah (laughs) it's it's a joke at this point the players know it's a joke they think he's a clown there's no respect for him but um i mean i know we've talked about in the show before the thing with commissioners is they work for the owners and as long as they're making money the owners are going to keep them in the job yeah it's it's super tough situation i i don't even know like the legal process of how you would oust. i mean it would probably be a league-wide owners come together and kind of vote on that which it's probably close to impossible to do but an impeachment yeah like (laughs) The Rob Manfred impeachment trials, ESPN next. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine. Do you have a hot take for us, Annie? Hot take? Uh, I mean, I, we, I know we, we kind of talked about hockey a little bit, but the Stanley Cup playoffs have begun, and three games have been played. All three of them have gone to overtime and have ended mm-hmm. in overtime, Just gr- which, honestly, during the playoffs, nothing. If you're Well, if you're a fan of a team that's gone to overtime, there's nothing worse, but if you're just a casual <laughs> fan that loves the sport or loves mm-hmm. get, ho- loves sports in general it's the best and it's so exciting to watch so if you get the chance i know the tampa bay lightning and the florida panthers play tonight so if you get a chance to turn that on or they might play actually right now honestly but (laughs) if you get the chance to turn that on do it get yourself some playoff hockey a little little appetizer before the nba playoffs begin what sometime next week yeah next week next week okay playing technically yeah this week like in a few days but actual playoffs next week so much stuff happening at once. I love it. As a sports host, you just got to, yeah, you got to love when you're making the little rundown. You're like, oh yeah, this is happening. This is happening. Oh, I'm out of time now. Right. And we, even when we fill up our agenda, we end up like cutting out like two segments because we just talk about it so much. So speaking, great. Speaking of which, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Oh, on the spot. Here we go. I warned, I warned Chris that I was bringing a question. <laughs> but and she didn't tell me anything about it. I so. didn't tell him anything. And so this is maybe a question for anyone listening at home. You can write down. Mm-hmm. There are... Amongst the four major professional sports franchises, so okay. the MLB, uh, MLB, excuse me, I know I can't say the MLB, yeah. MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA, there are six team names shared. So okay. two teams that have the same name okay. in different leagues. Okay. Can you name them? Six. So there's six pairs. Six pairs, correct. Cardinals. Got that. Wait. Giants. Giants. Okay. So we have Cardinals, Giants. Man, oh, I'm already, I'm already running low, man. Ah. Cardinals, Giants. Help me out. Give me one more. Give me. Just get, keep the, keep the wheels going. Cardinals, Giants. Nice. Yep. One's a local team. Inch. How low? Okay. Ducks. Kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sacramento, Sacramento Kings, and then L.A. Kings. So that's three pairs. Three. So there's two. There's three more. Yep, three more. Oh, oh I my. gave you one. I just talked about it. 
I just talked the hockey um, game going on. Do you remember the teams? Oh, I said? dang. No, no. Okay. All right. Give, give me one more. One more. Um, okay. Let's see. So we're talking about pairs, teams that share names in the four major sports. You if you, if you know them. one that hasn't been said yet, call in 949-650-1015. One of them's a New York football team. The other New York football team. Jet, really? Yeah. There's two. What, so is that the hockey? Winnipeg Jets okay. in the NHL? I, I would have no clue because I've never <laughs> heard about that Winnipeg Jets. So that's is that four pairs? That's four. Two more. Two more. Is there anyone that has a baseball name that's yes. left? There's one baseball and one football. Okay. Okay. So a baseball team that shares a name with another professional sport. Reds? Ooh. No Royals. Mm. Really? No. You got the first letter right. Okay, so it's an R. Rangers, yeah, 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 there you yeah. Go. Rangers, New York Rangers, Texas Rangers. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm getting there. One more. One more. One more pair, and it's a football team. Probably, I assume, matches with a, so- a hockey team. Correct. Okay. One that I just mentioned. Jag. Not Jag. Same animal family. Oh, poop. No, there's no pumas in. <laughs> so let's see. Okay, the, okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's no, there's no pumas in football. There's. A- <laughs> okay, cat. It's a feline, it's a cat. and it's not a jaguar, so it has to be a yes panther. There you go. Bang. Let's go. Six pairs. I I needed so much aid. If this was a test, I it would get a zero because I cheated so much. But it's all right. <laughs> but it's okay, all right. six. Yeah, six pairs between the four sports. I would yeah. actually think there was more, but I thought you were gonna hit me with when you said team names as a hint. I was gonna go with like ones that don't have a plural, don't have an S at the end, uh, and so I was thinking like one, Kraken yeah. and Jazz. I was kind of doing a little preliminary studying, but yeah. great, you definitely blindsided me on that, and that's that's just a good fun trivia stuff. Good so, trivia. If you, you know, ever if you ever go go out for trivia with your friends, yes, yeah, that I'll remember. Yeah. If you want to make it really hard, you, you add in the NCAA, but that's oh, really no, no, hard. No, no, no. That would be near impossible. <laughs> yeah, just there's two banana slugs somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> like then, just impossible stuff that was great you know we should do it we should do a trivia say like we each bring trivia for each other and we could have like callers do i like that Let's this do is it. this is really big potential it's 4 15 so you know what that means we gotta take a break when we come back we're gonna have a lot of fun i hope that this hits well because th- we're just gonna keep it loose keep it fun kind of abstract stuff here we're building an mlb starting nine made up of none only than u.s president's We're going to try to build the best franchise we can out of the 46 presidents of our U.S. history next on 115 KOCI. Don't go anywhere. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our Sailor family together. We're proud to record our school's rich history and our Hall of Fame and to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And, as always, go Sailors! At Providence, we see more than a cancer patient. We see the life in you, and we have for nearly 100 years. Our nationally accredited cancer programs at Mission, St. Joseph and St. Jude, give you local access to world-class cancer specialists, patient navigators, and advanced technology and treatment options, where bright minds and big hearts come together. Providence Cancer Institute, Orange County. Learn more at providence.org slash canceroc or call 866-366-7183. 
At Fitzgerald's Auto Care Center, they speak hybrid when it comes to a Toyota Prius or other hybrids. There are several reasons for that triangle of death to light up on the dashboard that aren't terminal. Fitzgerald's has extensive experience with the various minor hybrid repairs up through transmissions and inverter replacement and even economical hybrid battery replacements. Fitzgerald's Auto Care Center on Placentia and Costa Mesa, 949-548-8877. That's 949-548-8877. And on the web, FitzAutoCare.com. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Pabona and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. 417 on your Sunday. we got about 45 minutes left of Sports Sunday here. And we're going to have some fun because... We're going to do some abstract radio talk show, classic, just stuff you just can't, just can't even like think about really. We're building an MLB starting nine using U.S. presidents. So basically, pretty straightforward, but given a pool of U.S. presidents, construct the best baseball team possible. We're going to make it fun, bring some trivia and history to the table. And obviously, don't take this to heart. Like, this is not political. We might crack a couple jokes here and there, but this is just a fantasy draft. And you know what? I'll open the phone lines for what president would you build your baseball team around? Give us one president you think would would be the core of your baseball team if you're doing this draft with us. That's 949-650-1015-949-650-1015. What president are you building your baseball team around? Okay, so I basically built mine just from pitcher to DH, so I'm just going like 1 through 9 slash 10 here. My pitcher, you know... I had to go with a guy, tallest president in U.S. history at 6'4". This is a quote from the book of his DNA, Hands of Extraordinary Dimensions, just a freak. He's well-documented having a love of the game, and he's my ace. Gives me Randy Johnson vibes, and if you haven't guessed yet, I'm going with Abe Lincoln to be my ace. (laughs) I just think like having the leverage of being super tall, huge hands, could throw a mean change-up. He's, he's going to be my pitcher. I like, guess it's already fun. Like, I'm already cracking up because, like, Abe Lincoln's on the mound for me. Oh, oh I got to name my – I'll just be the Patriots. How about that? Original. Yeah. Original. <laughs> Original. Are we going back and forth here? Yeah, you could, you could do – Yeah, if you want to do, like, pitcher – like, we could just go position by position. All right. My pitcher, there was no question in my mind, and I think back to – the game, one of the first Yankee Yankees games right after 9-11 when he threw out the ceremonial first pitch and it was right down the middle, beautiful pitch. He has thrown numerous first pitches <laughs> in his day and I would trust this man on the mound. I'm going with George W. Bush. That's a great one, yeah. <laughs> Super huge moment in American history. That first pitch meant so much, I believe. I, don't, I think he practiced it before too, just Absolutely. to make sure. Absolutely, he was dead yeah. nervous. Right, I mean, We have a color in, we're going to take this. You are live on 115 KOCI. Who is this? Good morning. I mean, good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon. Good <laughs> is it, this How is Gary, right? Okay. Who do you Ronald got? Ronald Reagan, right field. Ronald Reagan, right field. You know? Ooh, I've got him on wow. my team. I do have him on my <laughs> team as well. Yeah. Do you, do you have any trivia for Ronald Reagan or reason behind that? Uh, just that he was the most right-wing president that I ever, uh, remember when I was a kid. So he's right field. <laughs> That's very fitting. You know, I do, I do have Ronald Reagan on my team, too, and I have some trivia, so we'll get to him. Thank you so much for the call, Gary. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Yeah. Bron- yeah, that's a good one. And he's on my team. He has a really, yeah, a really interesting history. We'll get to him later. Um, so we did pitcher. So you had George Jr. And I, I did had have George Jr. And, yes. I, and I have Ada Lincoln on the mound for me. I think I'm feeling pretty confident now. Okay, so okay. we'll go to catcher. So I need someone who could be a brick wall behind the dish and know who better than William Howard Taft, six foot, 350 pounds, most popular for dying by getting stuck in a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> like i just there's gonna be no pass balls on my team so william howard taft president yeah i just i just need him i just need him behind the dish like we're gonna be a defensive based team so i who better like right like who who did you got behind the dish behind uh mine's gonna be a similar uh not similar but um (laughs) Maybe one that's you kind of scratching your head when I say this, but um, I, I did consult my dad, who is a U.S. history nut. Like, because I'll be honest here, like I haven't taken a U.S. history class in years, uh-huh. so and I, I think rightfully I could not name before this I could not name twenty presidents, like mm-hmm. if my life depended on it, <laughs> which is very sad. I know, but mm-hmm. I, I I know I, I okay I like sports. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm not yeah. a big U.S. history person, but one man that my dad said could be a dark horse and said, although he was thrown a lot of bad hands in his time, he had polio and was confined to a wheelchair. This man got, was getting in and out of that wheelchair by himself. He was not asking for help from anybody <laughs> wheeling around, doing his thing. I'm going with FDR. Oh, man. The I mean, it's very convenient that he plays catcher, I must say, but, <laughs> but um, I can't be having him fielding. He'll, he'll, he'll just, he'll, just be, he'll roll with the punches here, but yeah. It's like pin. Kenny Kawaguchi yeah. in yeah, no, backyard yeah. baseball. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's a great pick. And I think being the catchers got to, they got to take care of the offense and, or sorry, the defense and they're, they're making the adjustments, showing guys where to go. And I think FDR, he was one of the greatest commanders in chiefs we had of World War II, Great Depression. I think he has those tendencies. I, I, I really like yeah. that at catch behind the dish. Okay. First base. This one's pretty interesting. I, history, I didn't know. I learned so much doing research for this segment. At first base, I have, George Sr., George H.W. Bush. So, he actually played baseball against Vin Scully in college. Bush was a first baseman for Fordham University, and according to Vin Scully, was a super solid ball player. So, just crazy coincidence. Vin Scully, greatest announcer of all time, just happened to play baseball against George H.W. Bush in the Ivy League. I got him at first base. That's my first baseman. Too. Really? You see, did your dad help you out with that one? No, or? I googled that. Oh, actually. But did- I knew there was. I knew he had played, done something at Yale, and mm-hmm. was an athlete. But I did not know it was baseball. I did not know it was first base. Mm. So I was like, "Oh, that's easy." Yeah. But usually, first basemen like they, they're pretty interchangeable. So if he needs to shift over into the infield, he can. I like uh-huh. honestly. Uh, the, I've got senior and uh, I got HW and W yeah. on my team. It's I'm a dynamic happy. duo. I think you get like a chemistry boost if it's like a video game. They, oh, absolutely. Yeah, get Yo, a little overall. W's looking yeah. over to see yeah. if they're doing the check to see if he's stealing. <laughs> I, uh, man, they got that father son yeah. bond. I'm, I'm comfortable yeah. with it. We like it. We like it. Okay, second base. Probably the most athletic president while they were actually in office. I'm going with Obama. I think he would make a great second baseman, quick on his feet, good hands. I know he's a big hooper, but I don't think it's too much to ask to play second base. 
baseball he'll pick up fast. I, I think he was a big White Sox fan. I don't know how much of his playing extent he had. I know his first pitch wasn't out of the ordinary, but second base, very safe bet for a very athletic Barack Obama. All right. I, I see that. Yeah. I got Obama on my team, not at second base. <laughs> but at second base, I'm going with a linebacker out of West Point in Dwight Eisenhower. Got to wow. be able to, yeah. at second base... You're not. It's not as much movement. It's not as much protection as the shortstop. But at second base, I feel like back in little league, usually you put the second baseman like you kind of yeah. stick the, <laughs> the small guy. Little there. quick, yeah. He's a sh- small guy, Eisenhower. Eisen, is it? I don't think he's that small. But, I, I, the sm- shortest president is Andrew Jackson at five four. Whoa. Which I, I just think of Jose Altuve when, <laughs> when someone brings that up. But yeah. I feel like yo, a good linebacker, big presence. He'll be able to move. Yo, hopefully snag some balls before they get to the outfield. Yeah. I, I'm comfortable. I like him. At, I, I need athleticism in the infield. Yeah, I, li- I like that pick a lot. Let's go to shortstop. This one I had a little bit, I had a tough time. I was thinking about doing, Kennedy always comes to my mind because he was the youngest president in our nation's history, but also people don't really know that he he got really screwed up. He had a back issue because yeah. his U-boat blew up in, in the war. And so he actually was not the most athletically gifted guy after that fact. So I went with Ulysses S. Grant at shortstop, kind of random, <laughs> but he, like yep. you know, war general, kind of got the leader mentality. Five eight, good shortstop size. Hopefully, he could be a leader for my team. So I don't have too much on Grant. I know he wasn't the best president in our nation's history at all, but shortstop is that guy. For my shortstop, I am going with a national champion out of Michigan who also was a swimmer and a tennis player and a runner, very athletic, able, he will be able to be fast, create the double play, cover bases when needed. Gerald Ford is my shortstop. Yeah, that's a great, great pick. And, you know, he's actually my third baseman, flawless transition, kind of similar to right side of the left side of the infield. And, yeah, one of the most athletic presidents ever just in his lifetime two-time national championship playing center for Michigan football and was Michigan MVP in 1934. Gerald Ford, I know he, I believe he was, he's really popular for stumbling on Air Force One. So kind of had like the, the clumsy guy type thing. And he came after, I believe right after Nixon. He, yeah. And so he kind of weird stuff going on with him, but super athletic at my third base. Who do you got? Third base for me. Uh, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted somebody with quick reflexes. I think of a Justin Turner, somebody that's willing to get out of the, get where he needs to pee, throw his body around, quick reflexes, uh, especially when when you're throwing some tough questions, when you're throwing some <laughs> some tough ones. And I thought Uncle Bill, give me Bill Clinton at third base. <laughs> okay. I yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually I, I didn't he's not on my team so I don't have like the most notes but you is there a base there has to be baseball history with him with Bill Clinton I don't I didn't actually didn't look it up I just thought of that completely I didn't actually look that up I thought of that completely out of okay. just, yeah. the yeah. way he's, just say he's quick he's quick with it exactly yeah okay fair enough fair enough and so yeah guy who came up earlier our caller Gary brought up Ronald Reagan actually I didn't he was very clever he put him in right field I could have very well put him in right field but in left field I have Ronald Reagan very very long history with not only football but baseball as well he was a sports announcer just like us in his early days and actually played a major league baseball player in one of his movies starting that is the winning team that was aired in 1952 huge baseball and he was a huge fan he he went to probably Almost the most of any president. I'm pretty sure that might be a stat out there. But huge baseball fan, huge sports fan. Obviously, he played football in college, so he was a sport guy himself. I have him in left field. 
I like that. I have mm-hmm. I have Ronald in, I have Reagan in my outfield as well. But at left field, I got Richard Nixon, uh, mm-hmm. a local Whittier College graduate. Oh, wanted to try his hands at coaching a little bit. I thought Nixon would be a good, uh, good uh, option for a manager role. But I was like, you know, <laughs> he's always he wanted to. He's an athlete. I think yeah. he deserves a few fair shakes out in left field and left field. I don't know. In my day, back playing softball, that left field's usually where you put. One of the kids that, you know, isn't exactly athletically gifted, but is enough to, to be there. Not, yeah. the, not the fastest guy on the team, but somebody gets the that job done. get the job done. They can field a ground ball, throw it into the third baseman. So uh, Richard Nixon, a local Whittier man, is going to yeah, be. I didn't uh, know Whittier. Wow, yeah, that's, Whittier that's College local, graduate. local. Yeah. That's threaded down the street. Okay, center field. Very physical, physically active president while in office. Always exploring, hunting. And so I want him with the task of tracking down some fly balls in center field for me, (laughs) Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy, my man, one of my favorite presidents. I think he did a little bit of everything. I think you could hate him for as many reasons as you could like him. But you know what? He's playing center field, tracking down, hunting down fly balls, if you will. So he's my center fielder. I just think of Night at the Museum. (laughs) (laughs) He's like on his moose, tracking tracking down a fly ball. Uh, at center field, I got our, our man, Hall, or Mr. Hollywood. I got Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was trying to think. I said, what guy reminds me the most of Cody Bellinger? Gives that, that center field kind of presence. <laughs> and to me, it was Reagan. It mm-hmm. was Reagan. I know uh, Hollywood's the reason why our friend Anthony Randone chose to take his talents to Catella <laughs> rather than Vince Scully Avenue. But yeah. I think he would embrace being a Dodger. Ronald Reagan is a Dodger, I think, at heart. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really rich. Like we said, really rich baseball history, and just it the list goes on for him. So, yeah, I had him in my outfield as well. So we were si- sim- similarly minded in Absolutely. that. So, okay, so right field, last position player on our squad. I went with Donald Trump in right field. He, was t- he actually, I looked into it, so much baseball in his background. He was team captain of his New York Military Academy baseball team. And several sources have confirmed that Trump, he was actually scouted in his playing days, like legitimately. And so, and have you seen the videos of him throwing out the first, there's one maybe a decade ago or more, literally, he's throwing gas. Like I've never, (laughs) I swear, I swear, no one, he threw it like hard and with emphasis. And he's like in his like letterman jacket and he just, he has a strong, so right field, a guy needs to throw the furthest of any outfielder. I had to go with Donald Trump because that one clip convinced me. I could show you guys later, but emphasis on a throw. Okay. Yeah, who do you got in All right, right field? Donnie is not on my roster, but I, I, I did not know that about mm-hmm. our former president. For me, I went to right field. I was thinking I need an Aaron Judge kind of presence out there mm-hmm. in the right field. And for me, I'm taking Abe Lincoln, tallest president. Yeah. A man that worked on land. He's very athletic, very strong. So I, I'm comfortable with him filling that Aaron Judge role in right field. That's good. Yeah. Very, very good. Okay, so we're done with position players. And so we got I, was, I was thinking DH. I don't know if you... I, I have a DH. I, okay, you have a I DH. Do. Good. Okay, good. I went with Richard Nixon. He was an avid baseball fan for all of his life. And you know what? I put him at DH because he'll spend a lot of time on the bench. And I, I'll give him the assignment of maybe picking the other team's signs. For some reason, I just... I really think Nixon is going <laughs> to be really good at that. I, I think that he has a really good knack for just stealing the other signs and like relaying it to our guys, making sure we have the best advantage possible, you know? Yeah. Richard Nixon's my DH. All right. My DH... I like that, actually. I like that. <laughs> but my DH, I, I'm, I'm going way back. 
And this is probably the furthest back I'm going. I'm, I'm pretty. Are we, are we going further than Abe? That's oh, we're going further than Abe. Oh. My DH is our very first president, Mr. Okay. George Washington. This man worked on land. <laughs> was you know Mount Vernon, his home, was mm-hmm. really keeping that well. I think. Uh, yeah, if he's good with a with a fork, with a pitchfork, or like yeah. whatever they no, were yeah, using, chopping down the, the cherry, tool, tree. The cherry That's tree. It's the same motion. Exactly. Yeah. I think he'd be a, make yeah. a mean swing. Yeah, I like George Washington. Yeah. Only unanimous president in our history. Great guy, great leader. You could be the captain, put that C on his jersey. He's <laughs> going to be the captain in your squad. So that concludes our draft. I, that was, I had a lot of fun putting that together, learning a little bit of history and baseball at the same. I, I just have to take my team, though. I, I, I think with my Abe, Abe on the hill, he probably throws gas 100 miles an hour. And then obviously I have Nixon stealing your guys' signs. So I, we have the advantage there. But I, we did a good job, Annie. We did. I, I'm comfortable with these yeah. teams for sure. These these are hey, solid contenders. You want to put together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, instead of the Hall of Presidents in Disney World, if, <laughs> if Disneyland wants to do, you know, a, a, a Hall of Fame of Presidents, like a Diamond of Presidents, like a Field of Dreams type thing, call us. We yeah. got you. Yeah, I, I really like this. We should. We'll keep this idea in our back pocket. I think when when things start to cool down and we have a lot of time to do these fun little abstract radio pieces. We'll come back to this and we'll do Star Wars or Marvel or whatever universe we want to like pool we want to pick out of in what sport. I really like this. But you know what? Let's, let's stick on baseball. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some Dodgers. A lot of stuff happened this weekend actually for the Dodgers. So if you're a big Dodger fan, big baseball fan, you're going to want to stick with us and just get the news brief on what happened because you will find out a lot of stuff happened that might have slipped your mind. We'll be right back on 115 KOCI. Time and time again, I hear the same question. Will I outlive my retirement money? You want to know what you can expect from your investments. My name is Scott Dahl of Dahl Capital Advisors, and I will help you position your portfolio based on your risk tolerance and goals. My objective is to help you gain perspective on your investment portfolio so you know what you can expect. Call or email for a free initial consultation. Phone 949-497-6366, DahlCapitalAdvisors.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial member, FinRecipic. Commercial and residential pressure washing by Eugene is available right here in the Newport Beach area. Gutter cleaning, window washing, algae removal, and more to give your property a better look. Eugene can pressure wash anything. 949-400-3552. That's 949-400-3552. Or NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. That's NewportBeachPowerPressureWashing.com. You're listening to Sports Sunday with Chris Babona and Howard Kroom on 101.5 KOCI. It's that time of the week. We got to talk Dodgers here on Sports Sunday. You know it's our favorite. So without further ado, let's talk some Los Angeles Dodgers. Big baseball stuff happening. You know, Dodgers are on a roll as of now. Winners of five of their last six. They've made some pretty big moves, but they've also had a couple injuries too. So let's talk about... what I think is the most notable news, maybe not the biggest story, but Albert Pujols, future Hall of Famer, is heading down the 405 freeway, going to take the exit to the 101, I believe it is, go up the hill, Vin Scully Drive, to Dodger Stadium, from Angel Stadium. Yeah, we just have Big Al on our roster now. It's it's like, I was my first instinct was, where do we put this guy, right? And obviously, we had some injuries happen later, but... I don't see him in the National League. He's not going to have a big role. And I think you were talking about earlier, 
he he wanted to play a lot and that's what he told the angels and that's part of the reason why they cut him and now he's going to probably the most stacked roster in the mlb so i just what is that about I mean, rumor has it, you, you go through his route, rumor has it, he is still stuck in traffic trying to find his way to Dodger Stadium. <laughs> but, especially uh, during rush hour. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I was shocked. I got out of it. I got out of the workout and I saw the notification on my phone. I said, what? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Because, I mean, for the exact reason you said, I mean, the whole issue with him in Anaheim was that he wanted to be a starter. He wanted to be in the lineup and the Angels just didn't have space for him. Mm-hmm. Said, no, you're, you know, you're an off the bench guy. This is what your, your role would be. So they cut him and then he goes and takes the roles with the Dodgers. So um, there's got to be another story here. There's got to be some disconnect for why he didn't want to ride the bench with the Angels, but he'll do it with the Dodgers. Maybe, Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, if he wants to win a championship, he's willing to ride the bench. If it means, hey, I get another shot at a ring. I get that. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. But I mean... I remember tweeting it out and somebody was had replied and gave this whole like, oh, maybe we move Lux over and Muncie over to second and then put Pujols at first. For me, Muncie's on a hot streak right now. He's playing really well. Mm-hmm. Not to say like, obviously he wouldn't be taken out of the lineup, but I, I like Muncie at first base. Yeah. And I... I think he would be great for... I think Pujols is a great addition for the locker room and does certainly helps off the bench because off the bench is something the Dodgers have mm-hmm. been struggling with lately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, mean, I think National League, because you don't pinch it really because you have the DH and the AL, but yeah. now there is going to be at least one or two opportunities where you need a guy for one at bat. Right. And Albert Pujols is probably one of the greatest one at bat type of guys out there. Right. And he's probably and I understand I mean the move makes sense. He's got a family. He's got kids. You mm-hmm. don't want to move them. Moving them is no. a whole ordeal, especially during a pandemic. So I get wanting to stay local for the family. So that move in itself makes sense. Um I mean I think him coming to the Dodgers really is like when he like a Chase Utley kind of role when Chase was with yeah. the Dodgers, came Silver to the Dodgers Fox. over. Exactly, love him, <laughs> love him. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think we've talked about it on the show. But there's literally, even though Utley was just an off the bench kind of guy, he had so much impact, tremendous on impact. These young players. I mean, the fact he took so many of these guy young guys under his wing and. Justin Turner was easily, like, in 2017 was the guy to say, yo, you know, the one motivation in this room, locker room for all of us is getting Chase another ring. Mm-hmm. That's our, you know, he's literally the heart and soul of this team. Jock Peterson thanked him in his Players' Tribune message to L.A. He, he, Chase got a whole paragraph from Jock Peterson. And, of course, there was the father-son thing with <laughs> Kike yeah, and that was Chase adorable. that we all loved. So, yeah. I mean, you look at these kind of signings and you kind of think, okay, off-the-bench player kind of guy, he's not who he once was. But they... They really provide a lot of value, and I mean, the, like I said, the bench is struggling for the Dodgers right now. Will it have a severe change, and will it improve? I hope so, but I mean, will has he even been formally introduced yet? Has no, it, I haven't seen anything of him. Like so just the announcers talk about rumored, him. Yeah, yeah. So I we'll see. I think a lot will come to light as far as the situation with the Angels and why the Dodgers were the move and why Friedman thought that Pujols would be the guy to come in and why, you know, at this point when your team is struggling and trying to get on a consistent streak here that Pujols was the move to do that. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I'm I'm anxious. I'm, I'm yeah. intrigued to, to hear the reasoning and hear what because Friedman's very open about that. That's one thing I give him a lot of props for as a general manager when he does do these signings. When he goes out and get when he got out when he went out and got Trevor Bauer, he was very upfront with what they were looking for and what they wanted to do to add to this World Championship roster. Even though a lot of the media in that press conference gave him a hard time because of Bauer's past, you know, yes antics on social media, and he said, "Yo, like for the fans, trust us. Like we yeah. we took everything into account. We're comfortable with this decision. We know what he can do for this team, and I I, I trust Friedman. I yeah. have I have doubted him before, but now that we got a ring, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. there's some method to this madness. Funny here. how that happens. You give him some slack when we when we get fed a little bit, but yeah, I think. He definitely has a role on this Dodger team. It just might not be the role that he has been vocal about, but we don't know how much of that is actually the truth, really. Right. And I think that'll come out like you said. But yeah, we're on a roll. One, we just lost today, so we're five and seven, or five for our last seven. Not and bad. then I, I, some names I got to shout out. I think Matt Beatty has been red hot. And like you said, the bench is struggling, but he's a guy who's stepped up and now with. Um, AJ Pollock being injured, Dave Roberts named Matt Beatty the starting left fielder. I love to see him in the lineup every day. Just brings a great at bat. I think his role, and he doesn't do too much. And I think you see that in too many guys in today's MLB. So his swings are really good when he's on. I know we saw early in the year it was abysmal, but now this Matt Beatty, I love him in the lineup. Definitely. Mookie Betts heating up, and like you said, our home run leader, M- Max Muncy. You don't want to touch him right now because he no. hot by far the hottest bat in our lineup. I, we just want to keep that going, and you don't want to move him off first base. I know back on to Albert Pujols when – because Seager got hurt. He has that I- I- IL situation. Dave Roberts put him on the IL. I, it's, it's a hand thing or wrist? Hand fracture. Hand yeah. fracture. That's right. That's the official statement on that. So – we're th- looking at IL time at least 10 days. It's got to be – got a fracture is what, maybe two months with rehab included? Uh, I I think most people are saying like a month – like we'll get him back by the All-Star break, okay. which I – the, this Dodger team, if they can get get the wheels on the track, I think we'll be okay. But it's yeah. – we got to find some consistency but, here. Yeah, and he – the injury is one thing, but even he was struggling too, I think. On the defensive end, that was very uh, suspect right. too. And then offense, I just noticed personally like – wasn't having the best swings, not the best discipline. Like I kind of, me and another friend were talking about, he probably was playing through an injury before the hit by pitch as well. Something was going on. So there's that. But I, I think that guys will step up. There's times at the plate where Corey just goes fishing. And there's time. I was like, man, like, what do you, you'll see a ball like in the dirt and he'll just kind of go for like, it's, yeah, it's one of those it, things that's the most frustrating about him. I we yeah. love him, but it's just that's our World Series MVP right there. We yeah. will defend him. You don't want those swings, down. but it's and I got, shout out to Gavin Lux too. Obviously, that mm-hmm. three run home run back on Tuesday, huge, and of course his celebration after. I mean, he was excited, first home run of the year, and it comes in a three run home run to win the game. I I like to, of course, we lost today, but I'd like to think that that's a huge turning point. Absolutely, in that. and he's a guy you know you can move him over to shortstop and he can get some reps in there. So we'll see. We'll see. We've got uh, who? Who's coming up? Who's... Oh, a Diamondbacks, I believe, uh, okay. is next. So we got Diamondbacks for a four-game series, I believe, and then we played the Giants nine times in a in about a ten, in a twelve-game stretch. Sheesh. So that's our division leader who are, are leading by, I guess, now a game and a half. We're mm. going to play them nine times. That is mm. that changes the division, like no matter oh, what. Yeah. If loser win, like the Padres will change, and then obviously the Giants. We control our fate basically, and I know it's it's May, but we love to see our name at the f- on first place, no matter what. Yeah, 
lot of Dodger stuff. And also, just on a side note with Corey Seager, basically, I don't know if it was immediately after or immediately before, but it was in very close proximity to his actual injury. The Dodgers traded for Yoshitomo Sutsugo from the Tampa Bay Rays. He's a 29-year-old shortstop from Japan. Basically, we got him immediately during... We got him during the Corey Seager injury, and so this guy, he's probably going to join the club for our next series in um, playing against the Diamondbacks. So just, like you said, Freeman making those moves. He's very... The Dodgers front office is like the cream of the crop, man. Like, you can't, you can't really compete with them. They're always one step ahead. I mean, seconds after the Corey Seager stuff, we get a shortstop. Are you kidding me? I mean, I just think back to those moments when we, when we got a no-name kid out of Seattle, Chris Taylor, and, and, <laughs> and a, who a release, picking up Max Muncy, yeah. who was just released out of Oakland. I That's think right. it's one of those things where Friedman just has an eye for those things, and who knows? Who knows what this guy could be? <laughs> could be the next, yeah, next Zach McKinstry. <laughs> those names that no one knows until they're hitting three thirty on the best ball club in the MLB. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you were going to bring this up, but I feel like we should talk about it is uh, Trevor Bauer's comments <laughs> and the lack of run support that our guy is yeah. getting. Yeah, it's it's tough because, yeah, like he said, he was it was along the lines of we're struggling. We suck right now. But obviously his stat line shows that he's putting in the work six innings. He's striking out double digits, allowing in the range of like two to three runs. As someone who's played baseball, like it's very frustrating when guys aren't picking you up. And like I caught, so you really see the frustration of the pitcher when they're trying to do the best they can keep you in the game, but then the offense just won't come around. I think the offense is the offense leads to good pitching because you're really motivating your guys to stay in the game. Because if you're allowing five, ten runs, an outing, you're not the offense is like getting ready, and the manager's going to make substitutions. And we've seen Dave Roberts do that, so. Keeping you in the game is one thing, which he's doing, but he's not getting the run support. And when you're getting losses in your win column because the offense is only putting up one or two runs, you have a right to be mad. So I, I think I'm on, I'm on Bauer's side here. I think you got to call out your guys and you got to be vocal about your struggles because I think they're grown men and respect the fact that they're, they're having a little trouble. I completely agree. I think it would be what would message would it send to not only the fans but to the team that you just signed Bauer's getting paid more than anybody on that team. He's mm-hmm. getting paid forty five million dollars a year. What message would that send if he sat there and said, "Eh, it is what it is." You know, I pitch great, but no, okay. You know, that's yeah. It would give the baseball. impression that he doesn't care exactly, and but then he people cares would give him a hard time about that. But no, he has a right to be frustrated. He had his choice of team during free agency. He's the reigning Cy Young winner, and he chose the Dodgers. And he said, "I came here to win. I want to mm-hmm. win a World Series. That's why I came here." And here, it's frustrating. He had a right to be pissed, and so many people, uh, you know, like we've, we've talked about it before, but so many people just don't like this guy, and which is. I understand not liking the person, but as a fan, I mean, if anybody's being consistent over this first part of the year, it's Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, he, he's played great so far for us. Hard, not like, as your second guy in your rotation, not much more you can ask for from this guy. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that people were saying, oh, you know, well, if you don't like it, you can leave kind of thing. I was like, what are you get out of here and so many people say oh that's bad for locker room chemistry that's not good which one of these things is like you have to think how many of these people have been in a locker room no not many i was gonna say when you're in when you're with your baseball team i said you know when a guy comes in he's frustrated it's like yo like somebody's gotta send Mm -hmm. a message somebody's gotta you know light a fire under their butts and say hey like we gotta get this together we're the defending world series champions and this is how we're playing right now. absolutely i think 
just going back to my playing days, the best times we had was when the pitcher comes into the into the dugout after maybe like closing out an inning and he's like, Come on guys, we gotta get going. We gotta get runs behind me. Like, let's go. It's time to get up, get the offense going. And like them being vocal about be, being in the game and really being competitive, I think that Bowers is showing us his competitive side, and you can't take that away from him. He's throwing absolute gems. Like, what, last outing was six innings, ten strikeouts, and he had ten strikeouts through four. four. Yeah. yeah. That is just unbelievable stuff. So when you're pitching at that level, you could do that. I think Jerry Hairston, who does the post-game show for Sports in LA, he's like, sometimes it's like Trevor Bowers talking to himself out there, but you know what? He is good enough to do that, and I completely agree. When you could back, when you could walk the walk and talk the talk, you're just Trevor Bauer, man. Like, you can't hate him. And like the stuff he had, what was his shirt? It said, "Not my logo, don't find me." He's just <laughs> he's such a character. And I think he brings such a unique energy to that Dodgers ball club. So, I don't hate him at all. Absolutely. And like, I just I can't get over the hate for this guy. That's what I understand. Like his past, I get it. I you have. I'm not here to tell somebody how to root for their team or who they have to like. I'm not saying you got to go buy his jersey. But the fact that you insinuate that he's bad for the team because he's frustrated with the performance. Who wouldn't be frustrated mm-hmm. with that awful... With, oh, remind me the stretch of it. It was it, He had like four starts where he did, got no more than two runs from exactly. support. Exactly. I mean, with a lineup like that, there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're putting out... When you're doing your part, it is frustrating to see... It's like a group project where you're, <laughs> yeah. you're carrying the weight, but you know, your other group mates yeah. aren't doing it. And the fact that people got so saying he was disrespectful, so riled up about that, I was like, yo, like, did any of you play a sport? <laughs> like, yeah. really? Did yeah. you? It's, it's it's rough. It ain't that it ain't that serious. He's frustrated, he has a right to be. He mm-hmm. aired out his frustration. And honestly, since that game, since that game, things have been going pretty yeah. well. Five of the last seven, you can't complain, and we're back in competition for the NL West. First place, so th- there you have it. I want to talk about another starting pitcher, Clayton Kershaw. Hard and soul of the team. I think this is Clayton Kershaw's team. I've said that before. Right. He's a guy who has a really new arsenal the, with the 90-mile-an-hour fastball, the 87-mile-an-hour quote-unquote slider. It's really like a cutter. They were talking about it on air, just how, how it moves. I I don't know, and it's the same old curveball. I just don't know how to feel because he's had some pretty like the the start in Chicago only went one inning, yeah. and then it's really getting inconsistent. Like he'll have a gem, an absolute like seven inning, eight inning gem, no runs, and keeps things tight, doesn't walk guys, but he'll just the wheels will fall off sometimes. So it, my confidence in him in these this past couple months has dove so down, and I I, I feel bad saying it, but like he's not the same Kershaw, and I think. He's trying to revitalize himself, like he, like I think he mentioned a Verlander who kind of had a rebirth, a renaissance in his arsenal. But Kershaw, he's trying to find his stuff, but it's really hit or miss. So, I I feel for him, but also I think he has to carry some weight too. Being he is the leader in that locker room besides JT, really. Right, and I feel like as pitchers grow older, and even as baseball players, injuries happen. But especially pitchers, you had to you got to adapt your style as you get older, and has things you know don't move. The way they used to move, mm-hmm. things don't work the way, especially as pitchers when you're throwing your using your arms that much. I mean, look at Kenley Jansen, like, and the way that's. But who's thrown 97 like recently? It's, so it's, it's, it's okay. very promising. Right. I, I'm one of Kenley. <laughs> I'm a Kenley supporter, but I'm also one of Kenley's critics. So yeah. I, I get that. It's but, the re- reliever treatment. They yeah. never get the fair shake. No, no. It's just part of the job. And they, yeah. and they know that too. Yeah. They know what they sign up for. 
But I mean, it's still early. Like, and you got to remember that it's only it's mid May. We're at May fifteenth. Is it May sixteenth? Excuse me. It is mid May. We've only been playing baseball for about a month, a little over a month yeah, now. A month worth of games. There's yeah. a, there's some time to you know kind of work through those kinks a little bit. But it, uh, you know, like it was what it was Michael Duarte that said it. You know, you know, it's those little things where you're like, okay. Let's note this. Let's let's switch things up. It's sort of like last year. Like you keep bringing up with uh, <laughs> Mookie helping out Austin Barnes on the you know, when he's up to bat. You know those yeah. little things. Get those tweaks in there and you know get adjusted. But I agree. He is the yeah. he's the ace. He's the heart and soul of this team. And when the team is struggling, he's the guy that steps up and sends a message here. You know, it's his locker room. And I think honestly, I would give Mookie. The other, you know, award, not award, I would say, but the the name of like a leader in the locker room. I mean, mm-hmm. just think about it. Spring training last year before the COVID shutdown. Remember, spring? he and JT, he addressed the team. Brand new guy, just got traded and said, spring training, if you miss a ball, if you cause an error, you're getting fined. You got to pay a fine. <laughs> it's, you know, him going in there and setting the precedent, mm-hmm. having... You know, everyone knows he's the reigning. He's a, he's an MVP. He did great things in Boston, but he's got no rapport with these guys. I mean, the last time these guys probably saw him, he was beating them in the World Series on their home <laughs> yeah. turf. Like, yeah. and, but he comes in and says, "Hey, I'm about business. We're gonna win here. Here we yeah. go." And they, what did he say? He said he was serviceable. I think is the quote that he described his performance last year in that championship run. So, yeah, just a great guy out of bets. But back to Kershaw, I just want to see more out of him. And I, I, for me, who's watched him through his prime, like I grew up on Clayton Kershaw. It just pains me to see a guy change the way he pitches, and you never really see him walk guys, but he he walks a ton of guys this year, and I think it's because he is trying to get swing and misses. He's trying to yeah. throw out of the zone, kind of go. He always goes to like the back leg slider, just go in. So he walks a lot of guys, which is very uncharacteristic of the Kershaw I know, but I know he will find his strut and he will, he will lead, lead the team. So I, I'm pretty confident, but I'm just wary that we're we're in the end of the Kershaw era, which it's inevitable, but. I just hate to see it go as soon as it is. I mean, to, to Kershaw's uh, to Kershaw's defense here, does do we even know where the strike zone is this year? Yeah, given the, the behind the plate terrible. umpiring, terrible. And so, even I can't believe where Matt Beatty last night getting thrown out for saying that's so bad. Yeah, and he just kind of stood in the box. Like usually, you got to throw something, you got to be a menace, you got to yell it in the face. Yeah, yeah and that, I, I do like that Dave. Rock, I was I've been waiting for Dave to come out and mm-hmm. get fired up and defend I think there's something to be said for that when a manager comes out and backs up his guys yes so and I thought that was a great move by Roberts coming out and defending Matt Beatty because Matt Beatty's such a he's a hard worker soft-spoken puts his head down does his job and the fact that he just mumbles something to himself and he gets thrown out of the game I think is ridiculous see like I'm completely against the robotic umpire movement but obviously I voiced my frustrations about the umpire it's like it's a necessary evil. I don't think the game would function as smoothly or as well with robotic ump strike zone, at least. Like, maybe you have umps at the bases, but uh, I just, I'm not ready for a black and white strike zone where right. it's like, what is a ball in the black? What is, yeah, when it's like just barely a curveball goes through the zone. Like, We're I don't think get- we don't have the technology yet. And it's going to be, it's, it's, the strike zone's too nuanced. And I think it being humans part of the game, even though we're going to be frustrated with it forever and uh, like you said the technology is not there what are you gonna do when i mean just think i think the two size comparisons that every media outlet loves to throw around is you know you get a guy that's jose altuve in the strike zone then you get an aaron judge right after Mm -hmm. i mean 
will it automatically adjust? Will you know? And there's bound to be technical technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. What do you do in those instances? And like you said, where do you draw the line? Where is the line? Like oh, something's just there, you know. I think you're opening yourself. It's going to take time. Even when it, by the time the technology does come, setting the rules and, you know, making sure that, hey, when something does happen, when every possible situation that could happen does happen, we have a solution for it. I think that's going to take time. So everybody say, bring me the robot umps, which I've tweeted it out jokingly here and there, <laughs> but just when I've been frustrated. But I think it's going to take time. And yeah. part of it is I feel like we need to get some newer eyes. We need to get some guys that have not been here the last <laughs> You know, uh, which, hey, I, I, I appreciate the years of service of these umpires. It's not an easy job to do. And I understand that. But, you know, at times you got to know when, hey, we got to get some younger eyes in here. It's time to get some fresh blood, yeah. some yeah. new guys that don't have any biases, that don't have any, oh, this is how we used to do it. Or my favorite phrase, the good old game guys that remember <laughs> back in the day when I wanted to do this, the old rules of baseball. Yeah. You got guys that, you know understand the rules and know what they got to do and do it to their best of their yeah. abilities. And no, no umpire is going to do it perfectly. Everyone's going to have misses every now and then, but the, the consistency of misses here is, is frustrating as yeah. a fan. That's a reasonable proposition. Keep the cycle going. I know they go through, cause we talked with Andy Hayes, who was a, uh, a referee for the NFL. He talked about kind of the cycle of them getting tested, processed and just, yeah, basically evaluated each and every year. So I think, if you want more filtration, that's a that's a great proposition. But I think it's time to experiment with stuff like that, like they're doing in the minor leagues. But right. I think inevitably, it's the strike zone and the base paths and obstructions. It's too nuanced for a robot. Right. It's it it. I don't. It's not in our time yet. It, it's it's going to be decades to come. Our grandkids will probably yeah. have it. Honestly. <laughs> okay. So in the closing minutes of the show, I'm not going to go to break because we only have a couple minutes. But Let's just shift over to stock up, stock down, a couple things. I just had a quick stock up. Jay Cole has made his professional basketball debut for the Rwanda Patriots Basketball Club. And fresh off the new album, I think the new album came out like this week. He scored three points, three boards, had two assists, and 17 minutes of play. I mean, pretty bizarre stuff. I mean, I'm glad that someone's not letting like one aspect define their life. Like He's not just a musician. He, he could go play basketball in Africa and if... He's, that, he probably loves doing it. That's probably the highlight of his life right now. Like He just released an album, is making a million dollars off of it, and now he's just playing basketball in Rwanda because he, he wants to. Hey, <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I'm not a big – that's not my genre of music, but I have friends that do, and I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I've, if you're excited, I'm excited for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre stuff. Do you have any stock up, stock down before we end the show here, Annie? Stock up uh... – Stock up. I think we've talked about. We talked a lot about a lot about. We talked a lot of positive things. Stock down. I will say there was a tweet going around about um, two people behind home plate. Two women actually behind home plate having a conversation amidst Corey Seager getting hit on the hand last night, and people were saying that, oh, like why do why you give why you let people like this sit behind home plate? And so many people were quote tweeting it and being so judgmental, being like, give those to real fans. Like, I hate this. You don't deserve those seats. And leave, leave let people be. That's my yeah. thing. How are you going to get so pressed about that? God forbid people enjoy themselves at a baseball game. They're not hurting anybody. They're not disrupting play. I. They're not heckling the guy. They're not, and they're also not like laughing at him, cheering at him, getting hurt. Like, what's the... <laughs> What's the? Yeah. Ho- I don't. I don't understand why people have to get so pressed about yeah, that. I don't get it. I'm a 
I'm a, on the edge of my seat type of guy for the whole game because I'm such a big baseball fan. But even so, I'm talking with my friends. I'm going on my phone, maybe playing like a game or two, scrolling through social media. If you're getting on someone for taking a break from the game, if, if even if they're having on, even if they're on those two thousand dollar front row seats, it's their money and they could do whatever they want. And they're they're not gonna watch the whole game. Just un- uninterrupted. That's just too much to ask. So I, I can't believe that. That's a right. good stock down. I just hate that. I also hate like the, I know we're at time here, but there's the whole real fan notion. I feel like mm. it's so big amongst Dodger fans where you have to decide, oh, who's a real fan? Who's not? There's so much gatekeeping in certain fan bases. And I'm like, yo, when, if you're anyone that wants to root for the Dodgers is welcome to, uh, if you mm-hmm. want to, if you, Hey, you want to show up to a game? You want to support us? You want us to win? Welcome. I would. Yeah. We would love to have you. And so many people are like, no. What name the starting name the entire lineup from 2008? And this is for not just for this is males and females that get this. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. if you don't know who this is. You're not a real fan. Like no, all this. I say, I hate gatekeeping. Be quiet. Like someone new coming into the sport doesn't take away from my joy or my pain. I'm sure it doesn't for you being a lifelong fan. Like. It's okay. As long as you don't act like you've been here the entire time. No, that's my only thing. As long as you act like you're not, oh, a lifelong and you just got here. Like, hey, if you just want to come and say, hey, I'm new to the sport. Like, just or you just want to go watch a ball game. Mm -hmm. You want to go do something for fun. You're welcome to. Like, people are like, oh, real fans there. I was like, are you going to have quizzes? (laughs) Is Ticketmaster going to have quizzes now? Where you're like, nope, answer these questions. Who started in 2009? Who's the ace? It's not going to happen. The ushers are going to have like scanners be like, when was the last time you are here? The better you score, the lower you get on the field. (laughs) Maybe not a bad idea. Is your blood actually Dodger blue? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Like, as long as you don't pose and you don't gatekeep, I think we're in good stuff. We got to wrap up the show. Another completely full sports sunday here annie thank you so much for joining us you're at sweet annie od tiktok instagram twitter all every right? social yep. okay perfect and then i'm cr- at chris underscore babona on instagram at chris babona on twitter and our show instagram is at sports sunday k-o-c-i no caps no spaces if you like what you hear you could find all of our podcasts and interviews on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your material. And that is Sports Sunday on KOCI. Again, any podcasting service, Sports Sunday on KOCI. I'm Chris Babona, and for Annie O'Donnell, this has been Sports Sunday on KOCI. We'll see you guys next week, 3 to 5. See you then.